<coughs> Excuse me. How are you? I just did a big sneeze. That's good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Might do another one. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> oh, jeez. Sorry, hay- I seem to be getting like hay fever at the moment. And it's really annoying. Well, I have uh, a cold, which <sighs> I'm probably... Well, I've been testing all natural flows. It's not COVID, so... Yeah, I had a bad cold a while ago, and it wasn't that. I was like, come on, just give me something. Yeah, well, it's just like Kyle had, like, a high temperature and lots of, like, coughing going on last weekend, so we obviously sent him for a PCR. Yeah. And it came back negative, and we were like, fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it was just like, and then he's passed it on to me and Claire, so we both got the, the stinking cold. Little, little, little bastard. I know, have kids, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Lying bastards. Yeah, I know. Just money just goes down the drain and you get calls <laughs> off. Tell me about it. Hang on. Did you get a tissue? Hang on. Okay. That'd be fun for the edit. That'd be great, yeah. Welcome to the Conquistables. Tonight on the Conquistables, it is a triple threat challenge. As the Conquistables check out the triple threat main event of Vengeance 2002. Standing awkwardly in one of the three corners of the ring tonight, Big Evil Ewan Taylor, the Un-American Cameron Phillips, and the whole effing show, Phil Doyle, only tonight on The Conquistables. So, uh, where is, where is uh, young Alan that is not here this evening? He is throwing metal objects at a cork board. So he's playing darts? Yes. Okay. He has he been summoned. Been... Summoned at the last moment to do represent his... Brethren Kid at the Sportsman Pub in Carlisle. Are they that fucking desperate? Yes. <laughs> they uh, are desperate enough to call uh, Alan's strong and thrusting right arm into action. Yes. Hot sauce, Jody Alan. There we Hot go. sauces, thrusting right arm. Now, the question is, Al's next pick, has he given you the pick? No. Because if it's not your next cam, so we could always switch it around. I think we should probably switch it around then, because he's not had any indication of what's what. What, what an is. absolute bastard. Well, he's not here, so we'll apply the Grand Unified Theory of fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's how all votes work. Are they here? Yeah. No, fuck him. Fuck him, yeah. <laughs> Pretty too much. Up, That's all right. Up. Okay, so it's my pick at the end of the show. Oh, God, I think I've yes. something to do now, then. Okay, fair enough. Okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's been a bit of a shit week because obviously we lost Scott Hall, which was unfortunate. I, I can't say surprising given his past, but still it's sad that no. he's gone. Um, was it complications through hip surgery? Well, basically he, had a, he broke his hip, he went in for surgery, a blood clot, clot got loose, he had three heart attacks and was in life support. Ouch. Yeah, and then when we first heard about it, it was 
they were just waiting for the family to gather around him and then they were switching it off. Yeah. Which yeah, is Kevin Nash did a bit crap. About it, yeah. yeah, Kevin Nash was on Instagram talking about it. Uh, um, not the best. The William Regal podcast. I've not listened to it yet. I've got it downloaded. Oh, I've heard it. It's amazing. Like when you like, he goes through what he's been through since like the last kind of ten years. Mm. Holy shit! (laughs) Like I won't spoil it, but I've been reading little bits about it. Is there something about how he had like a broken neck for most of his WCW career? Yeah, yeah. And it was only being held together by like a calcium deposit. Something like that, and there's also the fact his heart was basically So, like, how the flipping heck this guy's still alive and walking? Like, it literally makes no sense. And now he's the dad to two killers on the AEW roster. Wasn't that, wasn't that, how how long was that my dream booking? Like, like wrestling dads coming in to look after their wrestling sons? I mean, all we, all we need is Suzuki to turn up. And And you get the ultimate wrestling dad with William Regal coming in, (laughs) slapping his two sons. (laughs) Yeah. That was so great. <laughs> Which it was just like it I, had I, it, I, it had big breaking up the playground fight energy. Like, <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, because like Sting's energy when Sting comes down to Darby gets in trouble. Sting walks in. It's like your dad being interrupted when he's checking the pools on a Saturday. Like, what's going on? Yep. Yeah, you're kind of wondering. Like, can we just keep the noise down? Well, yeah. Well, really, Meagles like you fucking kids are gonna fucking shut up. <laughs> gonna shut up, and I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. It emphasizes even more, though, that how much... Because you're kind of looking at that now going, could WWE not have done something with this? What, you mean like like, WWE being With Regal? With Regal, you know what I mean? They were using him on, like, NXT, obviously, and he was doing backstage um, training and things like that. But Jesus, you know, when you look at that, that's the most obvious thing. It's like, have Regal come out... It was that moment where, like, Daniel Bryan's laughing, like, the, the the annoying younger brother, he's got away with it. Mm-hmm. And he just turns around and laps in as well. He's like, "Oh, I'm in yeah. trouble as well." Yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> he oh, just—it no. was almost like he was going to point and laugh and go. Ha, ha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Turns around and wham! You're in trouble as well, son. Yeah, it's just. Oh, it's going to be great. It was a great moment on what was a great show. The only yeah. problem is if, like, if they bring in Wheeler Utah as like their kind of young boy into the stable, like I'm going to be there, like, but he's not—he's not shooter. No, he's, he's not, not a shooter. shooter. No. No. That's 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 Moxie's true son. Just just wait till Sh- um, Shooter goes on an excursion. Hopefully, he appears oh, wearing his jacket that Mox gave him. Yep, he's, he's like. Then Regal just you go, goes, he was doing an excursion <laughs> right before COVID hit because he was going to be at the Carlisle show in the March. That's right, I remember that. But he, he was advertised for that, and then obviously he couldn't do it because the show just got shut down completely for no. eighteen months. Yeah. Um, what was, um, but what was really good about that Wheeler Utah thing was like you suddenly realised that like it's kind of turned like a year long storyline with him and Moxley into something now. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing with AEW. It's very much like New Japan in the way that angle. You might get the odd angle, but it's actually just one small part of an overriding story that might go on yeah. for like eighteen months. Because you had that like the, like was it Wheeler got got absolutely floored by like basically like an enhancer match, wasn't it, for Moxley to just kind of walk over him? Yeah. And then they had that match last year when it was like he did a bit more back into it. He kind of got a bit more fire into him and you know, sort up to himself a bit more. And now it's like he's kind of gone to that next bit. It's like, oh, actually, there's like a little thread there that's, that kind of works. It may not have been like intended from the beginning, but like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, Regal going, pray tell, man with mask, who is the demon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. 
<laughs> I need I need Regal on commentary every week where he's not doing anything because he's just brilliant. brilliant. I was just like, did he just call Excalibur man with a mask? Did he just rewind it? Rewind yeah. it? Did he? He did. He did, he did yeah, just call him man with a mask. Also, I, I need a segment where Regal encounters Danhausen and part just like alone. <laughs> I think I, the sounds of Twitter that's happening on happened on Rampage. Oh, oh, very good. Because Danhausen's just been on Twitter in the last sort of half hour or so, kind of going that he's going to say hi to William Regal. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> that's not going to end well. Uh, imagine, imagine Danhausen becomes his new Tajiri. Oh no! <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's just following yes. them around all everywhere getting them co- getting them condiment things again that'd be amazing oh god that'd be amazing and then, then just for no good reason they actually get to Julie and they just they do it to Julie meeting uh, Dan it's something they would do for a night they would just like yeah. you have to Julie popping up out of nowhere just you know that could just, just be the elite from that yeah I mean, also, um, I have had a lot of fun recently going back and looking at all the Ring of Honor promos that MJF was riffing on with CM Punk. Oh, yes, uh, I've done that as well. I did not know half of the Easter eggs that were in. I didn't watch a lot of Ring of Honor at the time. There so, are so many. There are so, so many. And it's like, so good. <laughs> you stupid old man, I'm a snake. Yep. You know, that kind of one. And it was just like, oh, that is that is so well done. Yeah, I went back when he said about when like um, the one the week after the one where it was like MJF was crying, which was so good. It was so good that promo. Yeah, yeah, because it actually refers back to a it, it, like a post on Instagram from like the time. Yeah, yep. and the way just like he, um, MJF just nailed that tear at the end. Like, is it true? He's like, yeah, it's true. And just walked off. And then we, he talks about like you know, is it like I, I bullied somebody until they lost their job and that kind of stuff? And I was like, oh, Google that. Oh, Google that. Uh, Just, well, the oh. pouring the beer down an alcoholic's neck was Raven. Yes. Because that was the other dog collar match that he's it was. For. It was, which is an absolute bloodbath if you've not seen it. it, it, it was, um, they've started putting um, Ring of Honor's Greatest Matches on YouTube. Yay! So I thought well, I was watching... No, AEW's bought them. Well, like the Ring of Honor stuff, like come into the fight app. That, they, like, they'll have, they've got the video library. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they're going to keep it separate or not. Yeah, like, well, they've already know, said today. Tony Khan's already said that they're going to run Supercard of Honor, but yeah, it's the same, I was it's the same night as it's the same night as Rampage. Rampage. Yeah, and everyone's making a big clear. deal about how oh, it means they're going against each other. It's like going they're yeah, not. but he profits either way. <laughs> yeah, well, that and also Supercard of Honor was booked back in what January. He only bought them last week, so it's already yeah. the building's booked there's no point changing it now just do it for the one night then in future he's I think he said he's, that's not going to happen again which is fair enough yeah. did he say how much it cost him to buy it I think has that kind of come out I haven't seen that yet I don't know I wonder how much um, it cost him because like, t- like, I assume like you know one of the reasons for them buying it was to get hold of All Out as like their own yes that was that was a main driver for it oh, sorry All In sorry that was like the um, yeah all in was the first, the first one, one that was owned yeah. by Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, wasn't it? So it wasn't controlled by them. So now like that's in there. So they've got a DVD release of that coming out now. Uh, I think I, I am looking forward to if they add the Ring of Honor archive to AW Plus or whatever. They'll probably or, run it separately and just have I like think a separately, which is fine. I'll pay for it. I don't mind thing. if I get access um, to like CM Punk being the greatest person in the world. That's fine by <laughs> me. There's a whole article on Forbes.com about the purchase, but it hasn't mentioned. I don't think the numbers come out yet. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no official number been released for it. I don't think. Somebody knows, like you know, 
Vince got WCW for an absolute steal. Oh that was something ridiculous, like two point eight million, wasn't it, or something yeah. like that at the time? Yeah, and that tape library is the, insane, isn't it? It's got some great stuff on it. On the subject of Supercard of Honor, our match just got announced: FTR versus the Briscoes. That was brewing for a while, yeah. and it's for the belts. What for the Ring of Honor belts? Yes. Whoa. Essentially, it's going to allow Tony Khan to do like the invasion angle as it probably should have been. Well, yeah. I mean, that's already kind of happening in Impact, and I will say that's been going really well. I've been watching Impact week to week, and it's actually been really good to watch. Yeah, because you've got, what's the faction called for Ring of Honor? Uh, Honor and War, so you've got uh, Vincent, Matt Taven, Maria, uh, the suicidal PCO, who I'm amazed is alive to this day. Well, he does run the, a car battery. The man is a psychopath. Well, yes, the man is a psychopath. Basically, like Chev Chelios in Crank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think who else has joined now. Steve Macklin's now joined, and Eddie Edwards turned at uh, Sacrifice. Nice. Which makes sense because Eddie Edwards was a big part of Ring of Honor. Yeah, I was going to say, Eddie, yeah, they, um, Eddie Edwards and David Richards were massively in the Speaking, speaking of heel turns, I wasn't sure about the um, the Jericho one. It was the, you know, he turned on Kingston and split up um, the inner circle and stuff. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, fair enough. But then when he comes out and he's like, yeah, I'm a sports entertainer. It was like, oh, oh you, that's you, that you, you genius I bastard. Died. You absolute genius. <laughs> yep. He's like, so good at reinventing himself. I don't know how like, he does it. He did it again. How did he do, he did it again? How did he do that? Absolutely. <laughs> he just keeps doing I mean, it. I mean, physically, yeah. he looks amazing. Yeah. I saw oh, yeah, a post that was back, competing yeah. Moxley's, fig- Moxley's figure pre him going away and Jericho's figure, and they look absolutely amazing. Mm. Well, Moxley's probably a bit of a strange comparison to make because obviously that's cutting out the drink. Um yeah. but it's um it, it's it's incredible how he you know, cause he, he was looking old, you know what I mean? And oh yeah, yeah. he was. Was it not out of shape? Because that's stupid. You know, he's nowhere no, near he, out of shape. He just looked like an old man, which he was. Which yeah, he looked like an older wrestler. Yeah. But now he's got like you know he's getting the definition back, and it's just yeah. Like, he was, he was like getting that kind of Harley Race kind of like barrel chested kind of yeah uh, yeah. Spirit, that's wasn't he? Ah, you know you ah, I know you mentioned it. Yeah, he was. But now he's like yeah, he's, he's kind of proper trimmed down. Like you know, we hit like a really good looking moon uh, line salt uh, last week, didn't he? Yeah, like when he's like, yeah, sports entertainers was like, oh, you, you, you genius. I've bastard. just had a thought <laughs> of a feud coming up. Oh, Will Regal and the Wrestling Children against the Jericho Appreciation Society. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that'd be good actually. Yeah, yeah did they mention um, your boy? Was it, oh, is it Daniel Garcia? Daniel Garcia, yeah, yeah. They are when like in the first in like the Brian Moxie promo when he was like pitching the whole thing to him. I'm sure we meant we lead to was one he mentioned Daniel Garcia was the other one, I'm sure he was. Yeah. And Lee Moriarty was the other one. Yes. Yeah. But then like Daniel Garcia is well known to be two point son, so you know you yes. can't have yeah. three dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's gonna start getting too confusing. Yeah. My three dads. Weird. My three wrestling dads. <laughs> it's just it's just I do it, love two though. There is, but uh all right, that's the podcast done then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think it, yeah, vengeance. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Christ! Yeah, we have got to talk about something else, haven't we? Bollocks. We got to talk about this. Yeah, we have got to talk about vengeance. I suppose it's nice to do. Like, I always kind of think it's like, going, should we do a current day version of the Conquistador? Should we just do this? this mm. Maybe for the Patreon when it actually gets around to it. Yes, I think that's uh, it. Yeah, 
Um, also, I would like to give a shout out to uh, CM Punk's forehead for successfully bleeding the most blood I've seen for a while <laughs> outside of a like, death match. Like two day, like two nights, twice in a week session. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, because he he bled on the Wednesday night and the Sunday. Yeah, because he bled like an absolute pig on dynamite. Which again, that was another fantastic MGF moment because he is such a prick. And He's so good. You just want to pay so to watch good. him get the shit kicked out of him, and you got it. I'm assuming yep. they released that T-shirt with like his handprint over the picture already. <laughs> I'm assuming <laughs> that's like on people. So. I bet that I'm going to check. While you carry on talking, I'm going to check Pro Wrestling Tees right shop now. AEW or be on Pro Wrestling Tees or something. It's got to be on there. Yeah, but that whole like the hug and they kind of like, oh, they're going to be pals now. No, he just hit him in the nope. balls. <laughs> no, of course they're not. No, also the Wardlow face turn that that whole spot was just incredible like oh I can't find the ring oh here it is I'll just leave this here for you it's like I'll just leave this for you punk I'll just wander off skippity doo bye 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 and the thing (laughs) is it was it was almost subtle the way it was done because if it was WWE he'd have ran in and decked MGF but he didn't even need to he just left the ring and walked away it was literally just no words said just like kind of going oh there it is and just very very purposefully just went Plonk it down there. I'll just leave this Goodbye. here. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. I think the key thing was he never actually physically handed it to him. Exactly. He just mm. left it on the I ring. Say, in WWE, it would have been really, really obvious. He would have had Michael Cole screaming at the top of his lungs. <sighs> at, you know, Wardlow's helping Punk. Yeah, it's like no shit. I've got eyes. Yeah, and then so, instead, it's just like, you know, there you go. That's how hey, it we just, we're getting distracted about good wrestling. Now we need to talk about Vegas two thousand and two. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, Vengeance 2002. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who, in the name of good, shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost souls. Undertaker. Rock. Kurt Angle. Rock. The Undertaker. Kurt Angle. Tonight. Tonight. I will strike down. And he will strike down, 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 down upon the thee with vengeance and furious anger. And furious anger. You will know my name. You will know. And you will know my name. When I lay my oh, vengeance, my vengeance upon him. him. My fate will be fulfilled. You will feel my fury. The Rock will embrace his destiny. And you will know is the one when he lays his vengeance upon thee. And now, WWE Vengeance. Um, who and again I, I'm trying to always work a way of not making this sound confrontational but who picked yeah. this and why I believe this was Philip um, the reason I picked it uh, I think I mentioned last week was that I was just kind of idly browsing through uh, Twitter one day and I mentioned this page as having like one of the best triple threat matches in the main event mm-hmm. okay and then oh, I thought oh yeah put on the list and then me and Al had our weird moment of me being able to tell what Petri ordered and then him talking about <laughs> the same page on the same night about good triple threat matches so in a weird yeah. confluence of conquistadors and minds coming together across the continent. Um, mm. 
so yeah, so that's that's really why I picked it just because I read like you know that match in uh, the main event is really good. So yeah, there's no kind of deeper reason to it. I've never seen this taping before. By this point, I probably would have been out of wrestling watching it. I think I probably was because it wasn't easily available because I didn't have Sky Sports and Channel yeah. ended their deal due to um, reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the um, uh, the date it was on was July uh, twenty one two thousand and two from the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. So that yep. would have been like, I would have been 22. I would have been, I don't think I would have moved out by that point, but I was certainly um, working full time. So wrestling was kind of much by the side of this point. So I, wasn't, I was completely out by this point. So yeah, that's why. Uh, but looking at the um, the Wikipedia page, the tagline for the main event for this pay-per-view was called, uh, it just says, quick and merciless. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I disagree. It's strange. I didn't know the pay-per-views had taglines. I'll have to look into that a bit more now and see what the other taglines are. Uh, quick yeah. and merciless sounds like a kind of like a pain medication or something. There's loads of taglines on the pay-per-views. It was a very sort of late 90s, early 2000s thing. That they just gave up on. Well, actually, I tell... Was like, it SummerSlam the... 99 last month? I think, was it SummerSlam 99? The Raging Climax, is it? Yes. Yes. One of them did, and I don't even know what that, quite what that means, but... I don't know either. Yes, this is... This, is, uh, this show is actually set during the sort of beginnings of the brand split because we'll get to it later on somebody had to make an important decision oh yes so this is literally like at the start of this um i feel like it was in like you know within weeks of them kind of doing the actual proper split yeah because like i, I say there's still people f- who will come to this later who are kind of still making up their minds about which brand they're going to which doesn't really make any sense but anyways um <laughs> i mean i mean I so we're kind of we're, we're, so we're post invasion, post WCW, sort of like the start of the um, ruthless aggression because they do say that a few times during the episode. Oh uh, yes. Also, like how I kind of differentiate this kind of time is that it's got bald cut angle, <laughs> post haircut angle. Yeah, because I kind of you know normal haircut angle. That's kind of late period attitude era into like you know WrestleMania X Seven kind of time. Bald cut angle. That's your kind of ruthless aggression TNA era angle. That's how I kind of you know demarcate demarcate the top of my head. Um, which yeah. I think he kind of you see a lot of him in the opening promo, um, which they they you know they they go for a very topical Pulp Fiction reference when they go through this, talking about you know the the path of the righteous man and all that. Yep, uh, uh, eight years after the release of Pulp Fiction. Well, you know, wrestling is like ten years behind anyway when yeah. you think about it. So is it not a case of that's how long it takes Vince to watch these things? I was going to say, I, I assume Vince watched it on a plane and was like, that sounds good. We're talking about Scott Hall at the top of the show, you know. Um, is it not that he got away with doing Razor Ramon's character, Scott Hall, because Vince had never heard of Scarface. Scarface? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, we get a lot of promo, and then the first evidence of the brand split is that we have Michael Cole and Taz on commentary, because they're the SmackDown team, and then there'll be some other people commentating afterwards. So I think this is probably your first pay-per-view following the, the the first brand split i don't think it's even the fact that they're calling smack you know cole and taz call smackdown matches and then jr and king call raw matches it's just that they literally just split the pay-per-view in half yeah yeah, yeah i think this was i don't think they were very far off going to strictly smackdown pay-per-views and raw pay-per-views i think this well, was think- sort of the, the, one of the last like yeah. joint ventures SummerSlam 2002 was just the, was the individual thought of SmackDown titles and Raw titles, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of a little kind of crossover period, and like I'll come back to this thought, but it kind of it does feel like a kind of 
a full stop for that period before things start up with other people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, we still got some people from the uh, the proper actually there around because we're starting off with a tag team match with the teams of Bubba Ray Dudley and Spike Dudley versus Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. Yes, in our tables elimination match. I I had no memory of Spike Dudley teaming with Bubba Ray in the WWE for any length of time. I don't either because always Spike was always either accompanying or he was just there to be thrown at someone. Yes. Pretty much. I mean, obviously, yeah. I would imagine they did a load in ECW. Yes. But there was no... I was looking at kind of... I'm assuming Devon must have been injured at this time? Uh, gonna guess so. Have they split them at this point? Because they went through... Like, they seem to oh, split a lot of the tag teams, haven't they? They split them up. Initially, yeah. Because obviously Edge mm-hmm. and Christian aren't tag team anymore. The Hardy Boys aren't tag teams anymore. Because why would you keep them together, right? You know? What, do you like to make money? No, right, split them up. Because the only time tag teams like even exist is so they can later fight each other. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, what worried me straight away about this match is the fact this is Benoit's first match back after being out for a year of, of next surgery, and it's a fucking tables match. Yeah, well done, well done, guys. Just, just break yeah, me, yeah, Jenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but is is that why they make it like it's a ta- it's a tag team table match? But you still have to tag in and out of the ring. Yeah, yeah, I think so because obviously they wanted to try and protect Benoit in a fucking tables match. How dumb is this company? <laughs> why not just make it a straight tag team match? Why break it a tag team table match where you have to tag in and out? Like the referee's going, I can't stop him doing it because it's, it's a table match. There's no disqualification, but can you get out of the replay? <laughs> exactly. you tag in? It's, so- it's probably just so that they it's- could get Spike over more by effectively just filling in for Devon in every single way. Like literally, I think there's literally yeah, a hold in this match, isn't he, where Bubba Ray goes, Spike, get the tables. And the Dudley brothers have turned the tables. Listen. There's literally a point. I think the the refs not counting somebody in the ropes and not doing like you know, not stopping for DQs and stuff, but like they stop uh, Spike from coming into the ring. Yeah, it's just I'm not sure who booked this match, but they really should feel bad about themselves because it's as I wrote in my notes, this is a no disqualification match, but you have to tag in. Why not just make it a tornado tag? It's frustrating because it is you know there are some really good spots in it because you know regardless of the kind of stupidness of the match, you've got four incredibly good workers in there. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, there's a bit where oh, yeah. Benoit does, like, a, a snap suplex on Bubba, and it's like, wow, ouch. Like, get yeah. him over. They also have to do that usual thing of, like, someone goes through a table by, sort of, Bubba Ray ends up missing a splash, and because Benoit moves off the table, he's going to come down on him on. Yeah. And then they have to do that whole thing of, like, backtracking, saying, oh, no, you can't uh, eliminate oh, yourself. Yeah. You can and have to do a defensive yeah. move yeah. by your opponent. Uh, yeah. Bubba Ray's still in. Uh, carry on as you were. That's, that's an amazing way of covering oh we kind of fucked up a little bit quick cover yeah pretty much so it's like you know oh no we can't do that it's it's very hard to get invested in a match where the rules make little to no sense or contradict each other I think it's just yeah. it's an absolute like sort of balls out fight to start the show with I've got no sort mm. of, it's not offensively bad no, no it's, it's fine for a starting match yeah but yeah you're right It's it feels like it the, these four guys shouldn't be in the opener? No. It, I, I feel if they wanted to do... This is where I think... I know it's a WCW trope, but surely you would want to put like the Cruiserweights out there. Want to get like 
your Jamie Noble Kidman match out of the way. Yeah, swap the matches around. Yeah, true, true. Mm. Probably would have. Because you're like not that. bringing gimmicks then, on in the, the very first match. That, that makes sense. Well, yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> very good point. So it's decent. I mean... It was fine. It was fine. For your opening match, I mean, your opening match you, know, you got some tables on the go, you get the crowd to do the whole what's up bit. You know, is it, as an opener, can it, you know, is that's all right, isn't it? That's what you want for an yeah, opening match. Spots in. It is like, it's... bar the main event, it's the longest match of the night. Yes. This is a, a show it seems of mental. Very strange match lengths. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Dudley's won. Hurrah. Uh, we then cut backstage to Eric Bischoff being interviewed by the coach, saying <laughs> apparently this is Eric Bischoff trying to woo Triple H over to Raw. Can we point Which out is... that this is probably the start of Triple H's like massive ego trip into the nether sphere <laughs> um, of the early 2000s in the fact that this pretty much the entire basis of this storyline and half of this pay-per-view seems to be taken up by whatever choice he's going to make. Eric Bischoff waiting inside the room Triple H like he's waiting for, I don't know, like his the prostitute to come out. So I don't know, but like some kind of thing he really wants. <laughs> That's you not what he's to call Stephanie. <laughs> All the way through this, all the way through this kind of like kind of thing, you're kind of thinking, surely someone from security would come along and move Bischoff on. Yeah, think, has he not got his around. own office to go to? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Is it like literally next door? Like his where from where yeah. his office is? Yeah, he's just yeah. like standing there soliciting. He's there for like a good hour and a half or so, isn't he? I think between it's, the, it's, the he's there for the, and until he gets to like that little bit. We'll get to later on the bit where they're in the ring and there's the promo that goes on for seemingly ever. There's he's there for most of the show, bar that. Yeah, bloody terrible. I mean, like you say, this is where the Triple H show becomes real before Raw turns into a Triple H vanity vehicle for a while. Exactly. <laughs> it's just bloody. When they just hand in the, the heavyweight belt, like, there you go, trips. There's the yeah, belt. There's no oh. tournament for it. Like Eric Bishop oh. just says, "Oh, here's a a big gold belt for you, for mm. just for joining Raw." To clear the taste of that. Uh, we come to the ring for a cruiserweight match uh, with Jamie Noble versus Billy Kidman. Yes, indeed. Uh, this was basically a WCW match transferred over to WWE, and that's not a bad thing because this match was fun for the short time it went. Yeah, I was going to say, I wrote down about Jamie Noble, like he pure looks like he's walked out of ECW circuit in 1996. <laughs> he's got the kind of jeans yeah. on, he's got the kind of, mm. has he got a necklace on? I think he's got a necklace on. He's kind of like he's a deep. dirty John Cena, if that makes sense. <laughs> Dirty John Cena. Oh, yeah, Dirty Cena. Not like that. You, oh, God damn it! You try and make a point, just, and it just gets turned to film. He's got, um, he's got a valet. He's, he's pure giving out ECW vibes when he kind of comes out. But oh yeah, Nadia. Yeah. And they, and they do mention as well during the match, like that uh, about how there'll be uh, Rey Mysterio will soon make his debut as well. So yes, yeah. That's there's a couple of little bits in this show that like, and that's one of them that people will be mentioned or will appear and will. Not that you know it at the time, but we'll go on to sort of much wider WWE careers than what mm, they're maybe totally. looking like at the minute. There's a big one coming, obviously, later on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's a pretty good match. It's like, you know, there's some, some bit of beefing outside, bit of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, for a seven-minute match, I've got no problems with it. Billy Kidman misses a shooting star press and gets Tiger Bond and Noble retains the belt. Yep. Always, what, were, what were we thinking about Billy Kidman? 
Um, he's fine. He's nothing special to me. I mean, he's, def- he's definitely a wrestler. I mean, I always thought he had the ability, but he seems like a bit of a charisma void. Yeah, that's it. He definitely had the but ability then... to have it, the, the infamous it we always look for. Yeah, but then... The, oh, is this the Malenko conundrum? Yeah, kind of. Kind of, well, yeah. You, but you've got all he... the skills, but you just can't get that connection with the crowd to get you properly over. Mm. Yeah, but like, he must have something going for him because this is a guy who was, you know... Shaking down with Tory Wilson for a long, long time. True. So you're kind of thinking, you must have something. <laughs> <laughs> you must. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe something you can't show in WWE PG. Let's put it that way. Well, you know, I just oh, it's really weird about Billy Kidman for that reason. It's like I, think, I always think he's got everything else. Yeah, he always just seems to come along as just this hella bland. Yeah, he, he's great. He looks, he's flashy, but he's there's nothing memorable. There's nothing to sort of no, yeah, and get your teeth into, and that's really sad because he's really, really good. Oh, he's really, yeah. Yeah, you know, for like technique wise, he's he's great. Yeah. but he hasn't got that that spark or whatever that he needs to kind of connect mm-hmm. to the audience. Yeah, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's the full of Malenko Malenko conundrum. So what do you do with him? Because you can put him in matches, they're great, but you could probably have somebody who's not as good, but is more over. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. What do you do? Do you have like the person who doesn't do a doesn't give you a three star match but sells merch because he connects with the crowd, yeah. or get I mean, the kind of charisma guy in who can do a good match but doesn't really do anything, doesn't move the needle, as it were? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of it. Personally, different. I'm glad that this was, I think, before the period of time with Jamie Noble and Nidia when they were, shall we politely say, making out a lot. Yes, they were um, copulating aggressively. Yes. I was, yes, yes. I was like, this must be before that. Um, because as soon as they appeared, I was like, oh no, don't let no. these gods have. <laughs> don't do it. Please don't do it. That briefcase full of accoutrements that he was carrying around with him oh, for ages. Oh, that's right. Oh, and 20 years later, is any better? Uh... Mm, no, well, I don't they do that now with anyone. You oh, know no, I mean? but I mean, just in general. It's the sort of shite gimmick they would give to. Otis. <laughs> Poor Otis. That's Poor probably what they would do. They'd probably just give it to you know, give like, you know, here's Otis, he's Mr. Lover Man. He wants all the I'm, ladies. I'm actually, oh, yeah. I'm actually amazed they didn't give that gimmick to Keith Lee given you get given such a shit gimmick in the bear cat. <laughs> and well, he literally just, walk, be... literally just walks out and it walks out on AEW and is literally a god. Yeah, well, uh, the thing with Keith Lee is the fact that obviously that bear bear cat thing I don't think was given enough time to actually breathe. Like, Take root or get to, for it to be bad. Yeah, because you know, he was he what he's like he had like two matches, and then he was gone. Mm-hmm. I think it's a bit like you know, Carrie and Cross got a little less lucky in the fact that, that fucking stupid gladiator thing was oh, going on. I was so sad when I saw him walk out on Raw and that, and just like this guy was like the king of NXT, and now look at him—he's the fucking running man. It was like demolition <laughs> at Christmas. Yes, <laughs> and it oh, was just that's that's so the Christmas sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? like, just a red helmet thing going on, and it's just like you know, ho, red, ho, ho, yeah, red, red leather helmet and stuff. Yeah, and it's just like, white that was enough to damage him. Yeah. But then I don't think you know Keith Lee actually, in retrospect, was lucky. Yeah, um, and now for all you know, for all that carrying cross was maybe damaged by that, he's. Apparently signed for New Japan and he's going to face Suzuki. Yes, he's facing Suzuki on April first, I think, in Dallas as part of their sort of big show there. So that should be that should be just violence unleashed. That should be quite incredible. Be, anyway, enough about that. 
one or yes. two chops in that one. We get backstage and there's Kurt Angle being an angry Kurt. Uh, and we can hear some what chants in the background, which is nice. Didn't Eddie Kingston shut that down well? You were right. I was afraid. But you know what happened? On that fan fest, give me a second for real. Show some respect. Um, seriously, my man, you know, Steve Austin ain't here, dog, relax. So anyway, anyway. Yes, I laughed, I, I laughed, I laughed, I laughed, I laughed, and laughed when that happened. Back to this backstage problem with Kurt, though. Um, and I'm oh. not, obviously, from the legal department, I have to kind of like say this. <laughs> this is probably apropos of nothing, but to, uh, you know, to avoid the team of lawyers that we have on hand. I generally towers. I'll just leave this one hanging. A lot of spots on uh, Kurt's neck. Oh, yes, he did have a lot of acne. A lot of acne going on. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it there. We'll leave that there. Yeah, we'll move sorry. on. So we leave move on to a video package building up the European Championship match with uh, Jeff Hardy defending against everyone's favorite wrestling dad, William Regal. <laughs> Just to get back, yes. Just to go back to William Regal for a few minutes, and, I, and it is quite prescient that he kind of one of the first things he does in the matches, like he slaps Jeff Hardy Just to the slaps floor. Slaps the piss out of Jeff Hardy. Nah, I've got no idea. <laughs> Jeff sticks out his chin, but Regal just slaps it. <laughs> yes, Just absolutely smacks him to the floor because he's re- he's the ultimate wrestling dad and yeah. like his son's been naughty and he needs to be taught a lesson can we also point out that uh, Taz has probably his pinnacle of commentary of the evening for in this match he wants that European what do you call it European, European. yeah easy for you to say he wants that title bring it back to Europe to England whatever the hell European shot to the chin by Regal Taz's, Taz's glove must be very interesting yeah, <laughs> is he a flat earther? There's just like America, and then it's got America on it. That's just it. America, and that's it. <laughs> just America, Canada, maybe Mexico, hanging off the edge, yeah. and then just nothing on the underneath. Um, I will say I give Hardy a lot of credit for taking an absolute beating for as short as this match went because Rico just beat the living daylights out of him. There's a few nasty bits, isn't there? There's like, is there, I've got written down like a knee drop onto like Hardy's neck. Yes, looks vicious. Yeah, so like he, he go, Jeff goes to the senton and like Rico gets his knees up and it looks yeah. kind of real painful. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't and, look fun. Yeah, this is Jeff also was... three weeks removed from the Undertaker ladder match on Raw. Oh God! Is it? So is that it where probably would have been a smack. Yeah, I, was, I looked at the dates. It's like, and it's uh, three weeks removed from because they mentioned it on commentary. Why would you put the Undertaker in a ladder match? Who thought that was a good idea? Yeah, but it's, it's an absolute belter. It's great, but it's just like, it's why would you? Yeah, do I know. That? You know, you look at it, you kind of think, well, what? It, it, it shouldn't work on paper, but that ladder match with Jeff Hardy and Undertaker works so well. It's like um, mm. uh, the the face of the revolution ladder match. Uh, um, AEW Revolution, they put like three massive, massive horses in it. Three huge slabs of meat. There was a lot of beef going into that ladder match. But then, oh, I did talk about that match. That orange cash in that match was a comedy revelation. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. When the match started, and he rolled into the ring and just rolled out to the other side. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then the bit where like the three big guys are in there, and Cassie comes in and starts trying to kick him all. Yep. Yeah. And then, but then they pay it off with a great spot with like he, like the all three of them lift up a ladder. He busted his shoulder, Orange Cassidy. He did, yeah. Yeah, he did, yeah. Like the three of them lift up that ladder, then Orange Cassidy uses it to try and need to get the belt. That's right, yes. 
because he's holding on to the ladder. The three guys lift it up. He's like, no, yoink, I'm going to get it. Oh, it was cracky that match. But like, that's how you kind of use like beefy boys in the, in the ladder match, isn't it? Because you, you just kind of use them as a base for the other guys to kind of jump off him, essentially. I don't mean to rag on WWE because I do it all day, but just the sort of intelligence in the match, because it's almost like these guys have a brain and are thinking on the spot, right? This is what's mm. happening. Whereas in WWE, they would either stand, look confused, or do something incredibly convoluted, whereas here it made complete sense what they did. Yeah, yeah, nothing felt too like, oh, oh, they built a structure, or like, why is that guy spending five minutes putting all these things into position sort of thing? Mm. Everything kind of flowed naturally, didn't it? Yeah. Apart from like, um, I think Ricky Starks put that ladder from the from the rope into the ladder. Oh god! I thought he was dead. I thought Wardlow yeah, killed he him. That, yeah, Wardlow killed him at the end, didn't he? Just like absolutely masked him onto that ladder. I don't think Ricky should be doing that because didn't he? Have, didn't he have like a neck injury not too long ago? Yes. As well? On the subject of neck injuries, Biggie is a is an android. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of landing on your neck during a ridiculous suplex, yeah, Biggie took one, didn't he? Yeah, I saw. I watched the spot, and it's just like, how are you alive? And he's, I saw a clip today. He's up walking about. Like the man is not human. Yeah, he's, I think he got very lucky with that one. Oh hell yeah! I think yeah. the the non need for surgery was probably a big bonus. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, definitely. if he doesn't need anything surgical done, then that, you know, because that would have been like months and months. I'm not saying he's going to be at WrestleMania anytime. You know, no, the, no, but weeks, he, might, but... he might be back by like the autumn, yeah. But by so, yeah, maybe after summer, you know, he rests up. But you know, I think if it had been a surgical thing, he would have been out for nine months oh, a yeah. year, he'd be gone. Yeah. So, you know, it would have been like you'd be looking at Big E to win the 2023 Royal Rumble if he was like needing surgery, yeah. Um, I actually enjoyed the finish of this match because it kind of came out of nowhere. Well, it fell into the story, didn't it? About, about Jeff just kind of keep, keeps kind of catching one off Regal and he can't yeah. get his belt back, and it makes him really sad. And I, I do love, I do love the roll up of Doom spot. I think <laughs> that's if it's done correctly, it's great because it, it literally does come out of nowhere. Yeah, and you don't expect it to be a pinfall because you see a roll up all the time, and it's like, all right, they're gonna kick out it too. But when you get the three, it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, he's won. Oh, he's won. And it kind of plays into a story of the road, doesn't it? With like him being, like, as a singles wrestler, catching that wave with the audience and the crowd and really connecting with it, doesn't it? So I was going to say, I also enjoyed Regal's post match shit fit. <laughs> just, just crying, walking up the ramp. Yeah. Well, I was crying. I was like, I would have taken like another 10 minutes of that easy. That was a cracking match, that was. Mm-hmm. It goes four minutes and 16 seconds. Yep. I think, yeah. looking down my list, hold on. It's the shortest, yeah, it's the shortest, shortest match of the night. Yeah, sure. It's main card match tonight because really we didn't need the, the promo that comes up next. Where you've got no Ric Flair and uh, Hulk Hogan just ragging on people for a few minutes. I was thinking after the boot and the leg drop tonight, brother, maybe I'll climb to that top rope and hit my opponent with one of the Hulkamaniac Swanton bombs. What do you think, dude? Man, I can just hear JR's call now as Hogan. Slowly, slowly climbs to that top rope. Oh my God, he has just slipped and done the ugliest swanton bomb of all time. He has missed a flip in midair and landed on his ass. <laughs> in that carnage, in that carnage. Brother, on a more serious note. 
I love the fact I mean, that it's Rick Rick Flair's worried about younger wrestlers breaking through. <laughs> Please, you know, at this point. WCW's Rick Flair <laughs> is worried about younger wrestlers getting through. Get yeah, spot. But, but at least Hulk Hogan got through this without saying anything inflammatory or racist or just plain offensive. Well done. No, Possibly. they just had to go uh, Bischoff, didn't they, for a little bit, and that was fine. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much like Bischoff will run this company in, into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> or out of business, whatever it is they say. You know, mm-hmm. so like kind of going, yeah, yeah. It's another one of those, like, oh, we're going to have a little bit of a scripted moment, having a pop at mm-hmm. WCW. Yes, we know. Yeah, we, we get it, we get it. It's all this, this next match is actually historic. An historical monument of time. Because uh, uh, Chris, Chris Jericho's got some, uh, he's got about a little bit of a beard going on. That's what he, uh, <laughs> he does, yes. And he's uh, and, and he's um, going against somebody called uh, called um, I've written down the name here. Hang on, Jonathan Kenner, Jay- I think Jay Kenner. I don't know something like that. But uh, this go- is John Cena's pay per view debut. It's so weird him coming out and not hearing the uh, music or even the so you think you're untouchable. Yeah, just generic Jim Johnson music. He comes out to yeah, and it's just. A spug in a red trunks, and that's it. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, what? I, 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 I will admit this. I pine for the years of John Cena just doing almost like acclaimed style raps as he comes to the ring. <laughs> that that is peak out, John Cena right there. Was it WrestleMania a couple of years ago? He came out doing that, and it was really good. I think so. I think it was the last WrestleMania before the lockdown, or before that, I think it was. He kind of came out full on Thugonomics, John Cena, and it was like, oh my God, he still got it. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Aye. It's weird because he, cause, like, he weirdly still looks the same. You know, like his kind of physique and stuff. I think he well, kind of bulks up a bit more, but. He's taking care of himself, that's why. Obviously, the hair's, you know, been there, come back again. I do love how just going completely off topic for a moment I do love how the most <laughs> stupendous Wrestlemania of all time has a fucking talking segment as one of the listed events oh the KO Austin yeah. thing what, KO show what, what yeah. if this, this is kind of just given up well yeah it feels like it a little bit well yeah it's <laughs> a good point yes they have. you know who else have they got it's not as if Austin's the thing that really kind of weirds me about that is the fact that it's if they couldn't deliver and it wasn't going to be worthwhile, it was just going to be a damp squib, Austin wouldn't do it. No. He just wouldn't bother, because he's, he's he, even during his career, and even more so now, he's very protective over his character and his Right, so? Which is, yeah, yeah totally. which is fine. Um, yeah. So when people were talking about, oh, is it going to be a match? I was like, can I go, well, if it is, and there's any kind of physical contact, yeah. then I think Austin's only going to do it if he knows he can go. I think he was told as well that if you take one bad bump, you could be paralyzed. So I don't think, unless yeah, the like, money is yeah, stupid. Edge, like at that position at one point. Yeah, but Edge is just a boring old man who thinks he's great, but he's actually overrated as fuck. But that's just my opinion. What, Edge? Overrated? Yeah, yeah. I think the current day edge, not not the edge of not the edge of the past, but I think current edge basically just moaning and taking the spotlight that doesn't do anything for me at all that's just go away heat for me i think it has the problem i've got is the fact that there's so many hours of WWE tv mm-hmm. that it just burns everything up with, yeah. on, on site so mm-hmm. like edge has had his and it's, you, know, so you get these like nostalgia pops and it's like oh this is really really good oh it's good to see xyz back mm-hmm. but then by the time you've mowed through 
like 15 hours worth of new wrestling television every week, they get burnt out. Even if they're not on all the time. Like Edge hasn't been on all the time. No. But now it's like, you're kind of like, oh, it's Edge. And, and this is a company who has like 16,000 uh, people in their books. Well, probably more like 10,000 now. Well, they did have. Um, and 8,000 probably after WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> but it's like, um, it just feels like, you know, ideas just get completely burnt up. Yeah. Within and, a month or two. And it's yeah, just, and there's and also no incentive because they've already got them TV money guaranteed. So there's no incentive for them to try. Do you think Edge kind of wistfully looks across at Christian being able to do stuff over in the AEW? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Christian to turn on Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I know it's coming, but it's just a matter of when. Yeah. I think they'd already do it if he could have someone that could team with him mm. in a tag match against them. I mean, he you could, could join the Jericho Appreciation Society. <laughs> yeah, why not? Everybody loves Chris Jericho. Yeah, but then they're going to hark back to when he stole his bird. Oh, God. <laughs> Okay, scrap that idea then. Scrap that idea. It was WrestleMania 35 that John Cena appeared as the Doctor of, Th- Doctor of Thugonomics. Yeah, was, was, was that the Undertaker match? No, he interrupted Elias' concert. Oh, oh yes, God, we did, yeah. That's right. God, yeah. do you remember that? Jesus Christ. And then the year yeah, after, that was the uh, WrestleMania 36, which was the Firefly Funhouse match. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you forget. You, you totally the golden forget. years of cinematic matches. Yeah, two years ago was like all the cinematic matches and stuff like that. Which, to be fair, gave us the Boneyard match, which I still, I still rate. I still think that's really good. I still think, in a weird kind of way, that's probably the best thing The Undertaker could have done before he like quit for good. Yeah, yeah I'd say so, because it didn't expose him as broken down. Yeah. It, it let him give him the opportunity to do his thing. It's kind of like when the, it's kind of like the first matchman's thing came back. It was a cinematic match, but it was so well done. And now Sting is throwing himself off of balconies. Yeah, just just because he's throwing like himself, doing frog splashes off balconies through three tables. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he was dead when he did that because I'm like, "What are you doing? Don't do it!" Oh my god, he actually jumped. <laughs> oh my god, he actually did it. And just to put that into context, like he's what, a year younger than Scott Hall. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's insane, isn't it? But I think the general gist is the fact that Sting's saved his money. Yes. And yes. Didn't, Sting doesn't have to wrestle. Sting's no. under no financial pressure to wrestle at all, ever. Oh. He does yeah. it on the occasions he does it because it's cool. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's cool, folk um... like Ric Flair have four ex-wives to pay money to. <laughs> and therefore <laughs> yes. have to do this shit. Yeah, people, pretty yeah. much. It's... Plus, you know, um, Sting's got a projected son, hasn't he? So, <laughs> yeah. God. Oh my God! Projected there's son. a match right there. Oh wait, we need to get Darby Allen a uh, tag team partner because we need to have the two dads facing off. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Regal versus uh, Sting. No, no, just 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 Regal's tag team against Sting's tag team, and you can just have like the confrontation of Regal and Sting just arguing like two drunks <laughs> at a bar. That'd be amazing. Oh God! Can you imagine? <laughs> anyway, Jericho Cena. Yeah, <laughs> they have can a you match. I don't really care about the show, sir, folks. <laughs> they have a match. Uh, Jericho hits the lion's soul, but won't go for Cena yet because he wants to really beat him because Cena embarrassed him on SmackDown. But then Cena wins. Yeah, this was a nothing match. And then we get like a really good, like um, whiny kind of tantrum thrown by Chris Jericho in the ring because he lost yep. throwing chairs everywhere. Yeah, but it was just... I think this was just a match where they'd get John Cena on pay-per-view, which I understand, but... Mm. Uh, 
Could this have not been done on like Raw or SmackDown or something? Well, I think they were the other match, didn't they, on SmackDown? So this was like, you know, taking that feud to the kind of next stage, I guess. But I don't know how it went after that, whether or not this was the end of it or if, you know, I feel like Jericho's only a couple of years from, from walking out for a bit, isn't he, I think? Is it 2005? Mm. Uh, 2005, yeah, which ironically is against Cena at SummerSlam 2005. Uh, yeah. oh, okay. That's the thing about this match. You kind of look at it and you kind of go, give it another three or four years, well, three years, and they'll be fighting main events for like the title. Yeah, time is a flat that's, circle. That's what it is. Yeah, because it's um, against a Bischoff storyline, isn't it? It's the one yeah. that Jericho got you know dragged out, yeah. and that's well, when he first started. He first goes on tour with Fozzie, doesn't he, in 2005? He's, he's after getting uh, completely around that time, I think. But again, I, I think we can compliment Jericho on the fact that he knows how to reinvent himself, as we've discussed already. I mean, uh, this, this is what, his, what, seventh? I think it's like his seventh reinvention, I think. It's nuts. Oh, something like that. But he also knows when to bugger off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which exactly. he did do yeah. a lot of his WWE career. I mean, Jericho's always said he, hits, he, he hit really lucky with injuries, not having any. Mm-hmm. Really because, ma- you know, Jericho's never had to have neck surgery no for example no, he's, he's never he's had any that, of... he needs a suplex jesus <laughs> yeah well i uh, exactly he you know a lot of that's down to the fact that he he took regular time off yeah he would willingly walk away for like six months to a year yeah i mean then what, come back what... for more money yeah well, exactly well he but he, he goes away in 2005 comes back 2007 doesn't he i think remember 2007 yeah. 2008 i think yeah, it's 2007. It's there, it? he, that, he, he, he appeared and had that crap promo with Randy Orton. Oh. But then it did lead to the suit wearing Jericho and the, um, you know, like ladder match against Shawn Michaels kind of thing. Yeah, mm. stuff like that. That led to it led to that, which was amazing. And then, um, yeah, it was, Jericho knew when to walk away as well. Yeah. But this match is weird. It's obviously that John Cena has been marked out for bigger things later on because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like you know you know oh the plucky rookie Cena you know this yeah, is Cena and they're, they're not kind of sort of like saying oh he's pinned Jericho and that's really that that's just luck kind of yeah. thing it is like you know he's done this you know he, yeah. he's, he's got the victory but it was all very hard work yeah. but it's, it's it's clear like like Cena needs something to get him to that next stage and it is it's when he kind of gets that to, the, the thugonomics comes in that's the thing that kind of Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He needs something from, to like, you know, get that character. Takes him from the, uh, dare I say, the Billy Kidman level to the next level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Because you, yeah, you kind of put Senior and Billy Kidman next to at this point. They will probably look, look quite good as a tag team because they're kind of effectively looking the same. <laughs> they would look like a good enhancement tag team. Exactly, yeah. They've got those kind of generic trunks. They're the start of the um, the creator wrestler before you start making them somebody else, aren't they? Yeah, when you first start, yeah. When you when you've load yeah. up Fire Pro and you've only got like guy in pants. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what John Cena is at this point, isn't he? He needs that kind of next stage, which he's a few years away from. But like, you can kind of tell, like, you know, he, he that training, whatever they would did that, that period at OVW, they did kind of train him well. The people who came out of that little period. Oh, well, that's the same class that kind of year. What we, you had Orton, you had Batista, Orton, Batista, Brock, and Cena yeah. and Brock. So you had like the four cornerstones really of that kind of period of time in WWE for for a good few years. Mm-hmm. Well, and the yeah. face is Orton. You know, even now, still going. You're going to keep on going. Bischoff's still waiting on H outside that room. <laughs> yes. That's like at least he three matches he's been there, I think. He might as well just bring up a cup of tea and a sandwich, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
We get the uh, the commentary swap over as King and JR get an intro walk to the to the tables, which is a bit Oklahoma awkward. Oklahoma fight song, JR and Lawler come out. Uh, Lawler's looking like he has um, a vast percentage of plastic on his face. Um, <laughs> and the commentary team swap over. There's a bit of tension between Taz and King, which yeah. I think is that referring back to the ECW extremely crappy wrestling and all that kind of jazz? I think Probably. so, yeah, because obviously... Probably, statement of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then we get um, so, RVD stretching, or he might be stoned. I'm not really sure. He's doing something backstage. Probably, well, like, probably not RVD. Probably both. Why can't it be both? Yeah, exactly. And then Brock doing lots of scary training for his match as well. Because next you've got Brock Lesnar versus Rob Van Dam. Can we point yeah. out that uh, Jr. has a class bit of commentary in the promo package for this video, uh, this match? RVD is urinating all over this coronation. Oh, this is weird because. Brock's going for the IC belt, but he's already got a WWE title shot coming up at SummerSlam because he won King of the Ring. Yeah, he has. Against whoever wins the triple threat tonight. Yep. But why not? Wanna, I mean, it's, it's the crappy IC belt as well, isn't it? But, you know, what can you do? Mm-hmm. Why yeah, not it's that kind of non... Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's... I've written down two things at the uh, start of this one. Like, uh, firstly, like it's, I always find like how agile Brock is is really scary. Mm-hmm. Like yes. he's, he's doing like his jump up to the ring like from the floor onto the ring apron sort of stuff but even now like like his when he kind of does like a big burst of speed or something it's like Jesus Christ like yeah. somebody that big shouldn't be able to move as quickly as Brock can do he was a big athletic dude he's a, he's a and very still is in many ways he's, I think he's... Ma- many a time I've said like I've never seen a human being to be so close to a bear as Brock, as Brock Lesnar <laughs> like um, he's very close to being a bear well, and yet still human. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, no, you yeah. point it out. Yeah, probably. And then um, at the beginning, we're like Brock's just kind of bouncing around and smiling like a proper dick. Like I like that yeah. kind of photo, Brock. <laughs> it's, I love the I love the cocky, full of himself, Brock, because you just know that at any point you could just murder whoever he's in front of. Oh yeah, totally. I assume somebody gets thrown into the steps because I've written down a thing note here saying the steps are getting up, going through a proper time of it tonight. So I assume, I think like in every match, somebody gets slammed into the steps or they get knocked over or something. I don't remember that the actual a... bit, but I do have a note that might correspond to that saying slinging RVD around by his dick. <laughs> That's probably it, <laughs> yeah. So That's probably it. There's an awful bit of like, awkward hand placement that goes on at one stage and I'm pretty oh, okay. sure uh, RVD yeah. legit gets punched in the balls as a result and there's a bit of kind of like going, you know, far off going on afterwards. Yeah. Because it hurt by the look of it. <laughs> yeah. And again, this is a really nothing match because it ends before it can actually really get going. Again, it's probably just more to like, it's more a demonstration of Lesnar's power than anything yeah. else. Yeah, I suppose. I don't think it's designed to be like a competitive back and forward match because they're trying to build up Lesnar as this absolute huge hulking great monster. Okay, but if that's if that's the case, why put it on pay per view? No, yeah, I know. I'm not saying it's like the right thing to do. I'm just okay, saying okay, it's okay. Probably, well, okay. That's probably what it was. Gotcha. Because uh, to was... me, pay per view is where you you should. I know this is me, old school me coming back, but pay per views should be where you either build, pay off things, or add more fuel to the fire. They're not. They're not meant to be there for enhancement purposes. That's not the purpose of a pay-per-view, in my opinion, anyway. Um, I think, I think the ways that it would be... I think, unless you count with Lesnar himself as an attraction on pay-per-view, which I'd imagine would have. Well, well I, 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 I don't think so, but I'm, I'm thinking what Vince would have probably thought. 
Yeah. Right, okay, yeah. Because we're sort of seeing this Hulk and great, you know, real-life yeah. Incredible Hulk guy. Who... And he kind of wants him. He probably, they probably already know he's winning about some of the time. They, they, they oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely winning this shit, yeah. To kind of, you know, <laughs> they want him to keep him in, in like, the public eye sort of thing. Okay. Yep. Would you get a moment with uh, Heyman's wonderful guidance, by the way? Did anyone else hear this moment? Oh, his, I've written down like his expert advice that, that kind of proves that he earns as many as an advocate when he says, don't lose. It's like, oh, oh, brilliant. And Brock's like, oh, of course. Yeah, that's that's true, <laughs> yes. isn't it? Didn't think of that. Of course. That's only enough that Tony Khan's same message to the film team every week. <laughs> don't Probably, lose. Yeah, just don't lose, guys. From video call somewhere in Jacksonville. Yeah. So the the finish is, doesn't your boy RVD hit the frog splash and Heyman pulls out the ref? Heyman pulls yes, Charles Robinson out. Yep. The ref then beats up Paul Heyman outside. Yes. <laughs> And then JR's like, oh, there's no reason for that. It's like, but he just pulled him out of the ring, JR. Mm-hmm. Come on, that's reason yeah. enough. Um, and then there's, I think that's the that's the, the course for the DQ. And then there's, there's a bit yeah. of shenanigans with a Van Daminator in a chair after the match. Some of that, yeah. He gets F5'd onto the chair and that's, you know, that's that's your stuff. Pretty much, that's it. And then back to the soap opera, with Bischoff oh, waiting God. perennially outside. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> And then I think Triple H comes out, does he? And then Steph comes out. Oh, we've already had like his lawyer go in to. Oh yeah, that's well. the last one. That lawyer goes in, and then yeah, and then he then Bischoff is like, oh no, he's signing a contract, signing a contract. And then like there's a whole thing about how going well, you know, my client has signed his papers, and then off he goes. And then, <laughs> so then all this kind of stuff like, like yeah, then Stephanie fu- walks out and fucks off. And then, like, Triple H comes out, and then like you get the moment of Triple H going, those papers I signed. Were my divorce papers, <laughs> and then like he walks off, and then Bischoff is like, "Oh Jesus, oh fuck, yeah. I've done it now." Well, that's awkward, isn't it? Oh jeez. I think every single opportunity they could to get Bischoff to look like a tit, they did. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he was from the losing team, so they're yeah, from the so, so we can do what we want now. Which, as we've discussed before on this show, that self-centered attitude probably did more damage to any storyline involving WCW that above anything else. We've gone from that to another questionable match as to why it existed. Um, <laughs> Big, Big Show versus Booker T in a no DQ, no count-out match. There's now, a reason this match exists. Correct, but it's here's my up. first question. Surely if it's a no DQ match, by default, it's a no count-out match, right? Yes, you would no, you're not going to get counted out in an ODQ match. No. Right. Yeah, but it's so why do you have to point out like that then? Well, I, I see those two things as two separate things. They're not. Like, you, you, you get counted out or you get disqualified. You don't get disqualified by being counted out. Well, you, you do you technically because you're disqualified yeah, from the match because you've not made it back by the time you're disqualified breaking the rules. You, you've lost the match because you were counted out of the ring. You were disqualified for breaking the rules. Why are we arguing about this? I don't know, because it's better than discussing the match. Do you want to know the, the really weird reason for this match? And it's Go never, on, ever, Go ever, on, ever discussed on commentary. Go on. They'd kicked Booker T out of the NWO. Fucking hell. Wow. Yeah. But obviously, it's not mentioned at all on commentary. What is picture in the NWO package. Yeah. Wow. We, we, we were at that point, were we? 
we're at that point where he, we... he, Big Show was in both the WCW and the WWE version of the NWO. Because, of course. My God. For like a month. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the reason why, apparently, Booker T was in it, and then Shawn Michaels, who was also in the NWO, had kicked him out. Wow. But because, obviously, that's now completely tainted and tarnished. It's um, all gratis at this point, isn't it? Scott Hall's fucked off. Kevin Nash is injured. So, and Hogan's been made to turn face, as we'll hear later on, because of the reaction at the match against The Rock at Mania 18. Yeah. Um, there's no way that the NWO can continue as they were. So this match, it goes on. The reason they're fighting is because Booker T got kicked out of the NWO. But it's never allowed to be mentioned in a commentary. Uh, Booker T wins. There you go. That's all I want to... Yeah, like the, the, main the main highlight for me of this match is the fact that it seems to be a thing now that Big Show can just punch chair shots out of the way. Yes, yes. he is. He's, he's suddenly developed a very strong wrist. Yes, a very strong, like, knuckles. But, just but like, thankfully, you know, he still has, you know, the weakness that every wrestler has, which is their balls. So yes. I think it's the steroids. <laughs> wow. Wouldn't the steroids help, though, because it shrinks them? Well, it'd be harder to hit, yeah. It'd be a smaller target, I suppose. It'd be like yeah. conquerors. <laughs> Probably. Um, on commentary, it's still said that, um, it, that this is an upset victory, which still Bullshit. basically frames WCW guys as lesser. Well, I suppose in this case, I, I, maybe not, because Big Show is Big Show. He's big. Booker T is a little tiny, <laughs> yeah. but he's definitely he's not big, big like Big Show. <laughs> well, no, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to justify why... Fuck you, I'm trying to justify like, why they would say that. It, it reminds me that the, the sketch from Fire Ted when he's talking about the, sh the cows being far away. Big Show is big. Booker T is far away. is close by. Ah, <laughs> uh, Graham Lining, why'd you have to be such a dick? Yeah, do good, do good thing. People get joy. You personally become a tit. Yes, Speaking about exactly. things that ruin people's joy, um, let's skip past this promo from the Word Place in New York, where we get two people bickering about the Golden Award. Two oh. people, <laughs> two people, Phil. <laughs> yeah. well, Tony Wilson and Dawn Marie. Give them names. Sorry, Dawn Marie. The WWE sacked when she was pregnant. That one, yes. <laughs> they start talking about the Golden Thong. Yeah, can we well, uh, can we just like skip this in the next segment as well? I'm trying to, no, but no, 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 no. We need to. We need to. Right, I, I, I'm doing it, boys. I'm doing it. I'm googling. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Golden <laughs> Thong. Oh, I'm going to have to do it as well now. Oh God! Uh, and the winner of the Golden Thong Award is Tony Wilson and Stacey Keeble and Don Marie. Okay, I, I, you know what? As well, what also? The, I just got an image of Al Snow. <laughs> he he was the golden thong. He was the golden thong all along. <laughs> it was me, Austin. <laughs> oh my god! There was there was a little fucking podium award thing for it as well. Yeah, yeah, god. yeah. Just that's, we're frankly trying to move on. Also, uh, oh, WWE Divas thong slip compilation. What? Don't even no focus. Oh, you I'll be bookmarked for later use. It's a bit spicy for YouTube, surely. Cameron's Google search then just reminded me that this is actually the first WWE pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. This is after the F got out. After the rebranded, so it's the very first one where WWE is It's in that name, so there you go. It's definitely a, like a start of a new era at this point. Mm. We can't say the WWE anymore, if it doesn't make any sense. 
I mean, they're really just the E, so the W E at this point. There's no wrestling. Yeah. It's just the, <laughs> inter- the world entertainment. That's it. That's it. That's it. So we get, um, speaking yeah. of golden thongs, out comes Triple H. I don't want to talk about this segment. Uh, oh, God, music this took like 20 minutes. I literally got up and made a cup of coffee, came back, and I'm like, fuck, he's still talking. Still going, yeah. My favorite part is where um, Eric Bischoff tries to sell Triple H and come to Raw by saying, oh, we'll get you in movies. No, Eric, no, you don't want Triple H. Oh, no. That's what it was no, always that's a, that's, a, that's a bad idea. I mean, yeah. I've written down here, did anyone else get this level of attention as to where they were going to go? No, because of, no you one know, did. Imagine the Triple example H, of everyone. Imagine the example of everyone else going. You know, where is Jimmy Wan Yang going? The <laughs> <laughs> unemployment line. <laughs> wow, that, that really caught me. That did. Do you kill Phil? <laughs> oh, that, like, that was expected. That Jimmy. <laughs> the highlight. The highlight for me this entire thing is the fact that um, Bischoff nearly says WCW. Rock success, everybody's looking for the next breakout WWE superstar. Doesn't Bischoff get like a big slap from Stephanie at the end of it? Because he's like a massive prick. I've written down Bischoff is a massive prick at the end of the promo and gets a big slap for it. I mean, you could have just stopped that Bischoff is a massive prick, it'd still be accurate. But then, isn't it like just after this, your boy uh, Triple H does his big turn on HBK? It's the, the next night on Raw. Yeah, yeah so. that sounds about right. Because yeah. they're they hint on this promo that they can reform DX, so I don't think they actually mention it. Because obviously, let's not forget, Shawn Michaels is already in the NWO at this point. Yeah. Uh, so right. it can't possibly be in two factions at the same time. So anyway, we'll wait until you've just fully forgotten about one of them, and then we'll just have him join the other one. So there's the DX reformation, in inverted commas, the <laughs> night after, and that's when Triple H gets... Uh, the pedigree out yeah. and um, then there's the whole thing about this sort of near apology about it and then Sean being smashed into the car window a few weeks later which then the CCTV is revealed to have been Triple H as well so therefore they have the unsanctioned match at SummerSlam 2002 yeah. which we've covered on this show <laughs> um, which is far far better than anyone having any right for it to be correct we then get a promo with Rikishi that I was completely distracted by because they were in the background there was someone's suitcase that had South Park stickers all over it. I was trying to figure out whose suitcase would that be. Yeah. And then then we get uh, Booker T and Goldust. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Booker T's being interviewed by Goldust's ex-wife, isn't he? Yes. That's a little bit awkward. A little bit Slightly, awkward. I suppose, wrestling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, had, they, had they divorced at this point? I think... I don't know. 2002? Well, when was the plane ride from hell? Because they were certainly done by that point. Because I'm watching that on 2000. Yeah, that was this year. Yeah, 2002. Yeah, because I think there's a few stories about um, Dustin on there for the he doesn't come across in the best light on the uh, dark side of the ring show about it. I'm Mm. googling now. When did Terry Ronalds divorce? Uh, What was his name? Dustin Rhodes, wasn't it? What was his name? name? Dustin, right? Oh, I was going to take gold dust, and I was like, no, that's not right. Well, he's right, but you know what I mean. Yeah, on the plane ride from hell, uh, it says Goldust said vulgar things to one of the air hostesses. Then later gone to the public address system and started singing a song for his ex wife and fellow wrestler Terry Reynolds, who's also divorced on the plane. in 1999 after six years of marriage. Oh, wow. Um, Terry alleged that Dusty spread room or Dusty Rhodes 
spread rumors about her mm-hmm. that included infidelity and gold digging. Ironically enough, gold digging, gold digging. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah they've been divorced for a good what three years, by now? Yeah. I think, from all accounts, Dustin wasn't able to let go quite as easily. No, not really. No, no. Really. Yeah, a little bit awkward in that little promo there, but never mind. For all the terrible things that Goldust may have done on that flight, at least he didn't get his little gold dust out. <laughs> no, there was no gold dusting going on. <laughs> I mean, it, it didn't quite work that joke, can, but I certainly got the point you aimed for there. No, no, it, it kind of got halfway and died off, didn't it, really? But never mind. Uh, yeah, like part of my life. Uh, so, next, for God's sake, we'll move on quick. I wish I never brought up now. Um, Christian and Lance Armstrong making the sound like they're married uh, versus Edge and Hulk Hogan uh, uh, nice promo uh, for the build up for the match I quite liked I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it before but the um, the double big boot for Edge and Hogan as their finisher is a cracking idea I love that yeah yeah, Smart Storm comes out with his usual heel promo, which is brilliant. Yeah, like we we're talking about the you know the um, the Malenko conundrum, but Lance somehow turns that into a persona, which is which is yeah. a miracle. Yeah, yeah, his entire gimmick was the fact he was boring. Yeah, he was boring, but he still had a personality, which is incredible when you consider how vanilla he was. But somehow, yeah, he he just he just had this it that was it. He just really I had leading into the kind of that monotone way he did his promos yeah. just kind of leaning into yeah. it like yeah but is, he not like, is he not leaning into like being Canadian yeah well that's <laughs> the whole point because they're the other Americans the, when Americans will see Canadians as just like really, really bland and polite and just you know featureless kind of thing you know yeah. just mm-hmm. whereas he was just lent into that basically I guess that's why it works let's not forget though Lance Storm is the only one that a uh, wrestler I've ever had a good old crack on with on Twitter there you go. About donuts, <laughs> of all things. Of course. <laughs> really, the conversation not... was about. Our conversation donuts? for about half an hour was me and Lance Storm on Tim Hortons. Donuts. About Tim Hortons, yeah. Nice. So nice. we've discussed. So you've discussed Tim Hortons with with uh, Lance Storm. We've had an in depth discussion about Subway with Shady. What next? <laughs> Where, where's the advertising deals? Come on. We're waiting on a, a, a on a wrestler who can come on the show who's maybe you know bought a washing machine at Curry's PC World. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can, we, can we get real lost? <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, uh, I keep trying to make it my life my life aim to get blocked by Will Osprey. <laughs> That's my new game right now. I've shown you. I've not told you this. You have, yeah. Yeah, did you see the other day? I tried again. It's like, kind of going, yeah, he, had that, he had that promo photo and he like kind of going, you know, I'm the star of my own movie. And I was like, what, Forrest Gump? <laughs> well, and, to be fair, there is a chance he might die shortly. Yeah, oh yeah, because he's... Uh, he's April 18th, he's against Moxley. He's against Mox at, yeah, Windy City Riot, yeah. Yeah. That's quite cool. <laughs> anyway, back to Hogan. Yes, back to 2002. <laughs> Obviously, I watched on the network, so I assume everybody else got the kind of fake voodoo child music as well. Yes, it's awful. Yes, it's bad. worth a five worth a five second play roundabout now, but awful. It's I think we find that get the bloody audio for that. Cheers, Cam. That's the moment I'll just give you some work. You can cut my, you can cut me introducing it out if you don't want to do it. Well, you know, Edge's music is terrible as well. Everyone's music's awful. Is he still on the Rob Zombie one? No, uh, no. Is it the one that's like 
you know, I'm a morning rebel. Number ninety. Is that one? <laughs> or is it the like? No, because he's always had the metalingus one after that, didn't he? Yes. I'm trying to remember which song this was. It was a bad one, whatever one it was. And he also Edge didn't get the memo about matching tag team outfits either, which is a bit of a shame. A little bit, yeah. But essentially, the pairing between Edge and Hogan is just really, really weird anyway. I think they kind of got away with it, or tried to get away with it, because they said, oh, Edge was a big fan, you know, of Hogan growing up and went to the Sky Dome or watched WrestleMania 6 against the Ultimate yeah. Warrior. I think I don't that care. Shit. But it just does seem to be like this short-lived tag team just purely out of convenience to give Hogan something to do. Because Hogan's, I don't think, got the physical body they don't think at this time for a singles run. Mind you, he's already had the singles run when he's got the belt, has he not? Yes, that was absolutely atrocious. (laughs) Yeah, when he, like, when he, like, does the worst, receives the worst chokeslam in the history of The Undertaker. Oh, yeah, because he sandbags Undertaker. (laughs) He completely sandbags him and then just, like, kind of going, bloody awful. Yeah. But then again, it's probably like the vengeance for lying about the steel chair shot. Well, yeah. Years before, you know, what, like 11 years after that. But anyway, this match was functional. It was a tag team match. It's another, it's another match that was just here. It was a manual match that just kind of happened. And it was like interesting in the fact that they've obviously trying to think up some great convoluted way that the un Americans can win the titles without actually impeding on Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because. Uh, Edge kills re- the ref with a spear, like kills him stone dead. Then that damn test comes out. Yes, test battle, battles Hogan. Uh, Rikishi comes out randomly and attacks Test. Yeah, I guess they're feuding, maybe. And then Jericho knocks out Edge with the title belt, and then Edge gets pinned as a result. So there's a little bit of a kind of weird back and forth at the end, and that means that the other Americans win the belt. <laughs> Uh... Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, and that's your more backstage bullshit. <laughs> now, yeah, I've written down this Bischoff pitching on Kurt mid ring walk, which isn't very nice. And then no. some dude snitches on Kurt to Stephanie. How rude is that? <laughs> it's... Snitches him straight oh, up. It's like, come on. I get what all these segments were for, but I hated every single one of them. And the Triple H segment just put it over the top. Totally combined. It's about half an hour, 40 minutes of the pay per view. Yeah, at least I would imagine. At least it feels that way. It, it, it was like a two and a half like hour was, long show. Yeah, it was like basically it was like I was watching a three hour RAW. Only it was on pay per view. Only it was in two thousand two. It's a three hour RAW anyway today. And also, it's like three times more wrestling on it than RAW does typically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So there we are. We're at our main yeah, event. Well, in peak Austin buggering off territory. Indeed. Austin <laughs> this was the first pay-per-view minus Austin, was it not? I think so. Like, officially, because he'd officially gone. So I was a bit like, oh, yeah, this is probably like, they're going to start doing the whole thing about how he was useless and how he never w- did any when he took his ball and went home and how bloody dare he and all that shit. <laughs> all it's going to be until, shit. like, what? I can't even remember what show it was in 2003 he comes back. Austin's comeback. Uh, is it not Survivor Series? Wait, no, that's not right. It's definitely 2003. He's gone until next year. It's against um, Bischoff in like Austin. some five-minute wash. The pay-per-view prior to this was King of the Ring 2002, which I think Brock wins, isn't he, if I remember right? Yep, he does, yeah. With my vast knowledge of King of the Ring winners. Yep. <laughs> 
And then before that, <laughs> I wasn't going to bring is, it up. <laughs> thank you. Before that was Judgment Day. I'm just trying to see if Austin's in that. Austin's uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Ric Flair and Big Show in a handicap match. Oof. Wow. Oof. So yeah, there we go. This, uh, this is a... Day, Stone Cold yeah. continues feud with Ric Flair. Added both Eddie Guerrero and return of to Chris Benoit. The feud ended abruptly with Austin's unexpected departure of the company on June 10th for his refusal to lose a hot-shotted match with Brock Lesnar. There you go. Yeah, because we're going to do a thing of ring qualifier and hopefully yeah. Lesnar walk over him, won't they? Austin would return in 2003 yeah. where he would face The Rock at WrestleMania 19 in a losing effort. Yeah, because ah, you forget that because he came back and it wasn't for very long he was even back. Yeah, because mm. his neck and he goes. Back, that's and that's him done until, obviously, but it remains to be seen what he's going to do in like yeah. a week's time that's crazy to think like, uh, like basically we're, we're in essentially in a post-Austin world apart from like you know, like you say what, one match really like Pretty the Austin era is essentially done isn't it yeah I don't think they probably knew that at the time but no. yeah it's effectively which kind of feeds into like this pay for you like the three your, your three guys in the pay for you know, it's the Rock Kurt Angle and then the Undertaker and mm-hmm. you wouldn't get those guys together again would you I think after this uh, Rock's not far away Gordon maybe Kurt and Taker would, well, on Smackdown would kind of carry a little bit but like yeah if, like, Rock's about yeah, to leave new movies Kurt's got a, I mean Kurt's probably at the peak of his WWE powers right now yes yeah. but it's 2006 he really starts to show the signs of not being all there shall we say <laughs> and then pissing off to go to TNA in 2006 and face Joe yeah, yeah. Taker obviously is what Two years into his American badass persona, and another two years until he drops it again. Yeah, because Judgment Day 2000 was the first American badass appearance, and WrestleMania 20 2004 is when he gets it back. He gets the Deadman yeah. back again. So yeah, he's 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 pretty much literally halfway between in, in the four year lifespan of his American yeah. badass, big evil, whatever you want to call it. Um. So yeah. You're not really going to get these three guys converging ever again, really. Yeah, which is crazy thing. Like you would get like some combination of these guys on pretty much every show or pay per view, like the years leading up to this. You know. Oh yeah, totally. And, uh, I know Kurt isn't kind of the, the kind of like pure attitude era guy because he kind of comes in at the tail end of it, but you still kind of include him in with those guys, don't you? With the kind of Rock, Austin, Taker, that period where they had all those kind of ridiculous level of main eventers like, up and down the card. Kurt's oh, kind of yeah. included in that. And it is definitely feels like, you know, you've got Brock in this show, you've got Cena making his pay-per-view. It feels like this is that kind of last, the last part of that period of the company kind of moving on. Yeah. I'd say and so. it's lucky yeah. that they end it with a pretty good match, to be fair. So, Yeah, I mean, we, we, we kind of touched upon triple threat matches last time around on the last episode. Uh, yeah, talking about the good ones. There was, I think this match is kind of in t- two halves. I think the first half, there's a lot of like, one guy gets Wally down the outside and goes over the top rope and has to sit down for like, you know, three minutes while the other yeah. two guys to go and then dozy do shift around. Um, but then I think the second half of this match in the main event is is in like a three guy fight. Yep. And they are genuinely welting on each other. Oh yeah. I do love the beginning where it's like the three of them are all kind of squaring up and then Rock and Taker kind of start ed- ed- edging towards each other and Kurt's like, what's going on? Why are you ignoring me? In this typical yeah. angle fashion, and it all kind of launches in after that. Oh yeah, totally. There's like a period where I think like Kurt like keeps trying to get back in the ring, but they keep throwing him out. Yeah, I've got a, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it does happen that way. Um, they they are ripping off each other's finishing moves as well. 
Yeah, does probably a rock stealing moves again with the choke slam. Exactly, exactly. Then he steals an ankle lock, so Kurt steals the rock bottom. It's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. But regarding like, there's a whole sequence in this towards the end as well where like uh, Angle smashes Taker with a chair, slams the rock, goes to pin Taker for two. Taker kicks out, but instead of like trying to repin Taker, he just crawls across the ring and tries to pin Rock, and then it ends up being a two. Yeah. So there's a lot of like good three-way stuff going on here. It's not literally like, oh, your only your attention can only be concentrated on two people at once. But yeah, as I say, there's like a lot of good bits where it's like someone does a move, and then someone's in there trying to break it up or take advantage or do something else with it. I think the yeah, like, take it just last right to the Rock. So Angle comes in and gets him in the the ankle lock, but then he kind of reverses into the triangle lock, and it's all yes, yeah, this like. At, the pace to at the end is really good where it's like there's pins happening in their front and centre and they kind of get broken up last second by the other guy coming in. It, it, the, the, the way it kind of wraps up that at the end is like the last half of the match works really well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I enjoy it as a kind of like, it seems to like go into top gear fairly quickly and stay there for a good while. Yeah, there's no like rest spots really. No. There's no laziness. There's no, it's like, pretty you much know, kind of like easy back off. It seems to be fairly incredible. Yeah, it gets busted open, doesn't it? So he's like, he's the one bleeding all over the place, trying to pin everybody. Yeah, yeah. Taker gets busted open, and I think Angle does too. I don't know if Taker was intentional. I don't. Know. It does seem accidental, but anyway, the Rock Rock bottoms Angle uh, at the end yep. for for three, and three. Uh, he wins the title. Yeah, uh, he goes on to WrestleMania, uh, not WrestleMania. He goes on <laughs> to <laughs> SummerSlam to yep. face Brock. Yes, in the Rock versus Brock. Match, which obviously we have covered in our SummerSlam 2002 show, indeed. And uh, what's that? that and then at the, the end of the show, before the credits roll, we oh witness um, Triple H wiping his arse because we need to know that much detail about him, <laughs> where he's going, what he's doing, what he's and doing. the far end of his protein shake induced farts. There you go. Was that a bit of the network I missed? I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah, this bit extra. Yeah, you probably <laughs> oh, pressed okay. uh, the button to skip rid of it. You thought it was done, didn't you? Maybe, right, yeah, you get that maybe, at the end. Maybe yeah. yeah. it skipped on to this one, like with the credits on the Netflix in the Yeah, yeah, I think it skips on the Light Vengeance 2003, doesn't it? But yeah, if you leave it just a little bit, and you know, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's the post credit sequence of the uh, Triple H multiverse. <laughs> That's a hell of an Easter egg. Yeah. This is, there a, is a good match to finish on, though, because like you've got three of the best guys they've had, like uh, near enough to height of their powers, all of them pretty much, I don't think about. I don't know about Taker, but they're all like in good condition. They're not like bashed off from injuries and that sort of thing. Yeah, just knocking out a cracking match to finish with. Well, yeah, exactly. Indeed, it's a kind of. I say it's a good high octane main event. It's a good finish to the show. That I think up until that point's been a bit lackluster so far. Yes, I would say there's that's not fair. really anything great about this night to actually look back on and go, yeah, that was amazing, incredible. I mean, everyone mm. puts in a fair bit of effort, but there's just some of it's just. I think, like you said earlier, there's things that, like, like within with retrospect, become historical, like John Cena's first pay per view match. But they're not actually themselves historical, if that makes sense. There's no yeah. reason for them. No, the no, fact no. That, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know at the time. I mean, if you would like literally be sitting watching that Cena Jericho match, and someone was to say, "Oh yeah, give them three years, and they're going to both be main eventing for the WWE title," you'd be like, you'd be a bit God, like "Yeah, all right, okay, whatever." Yeah, whatever. It's one of them kind of things you look back, you you think now, go, what matches are going on now that we'd look back on and think the same thing? Like, oh, yeah, them and them. You know, isn't that really, really weird? I'd argue probably that, like, what, MGF and Darby Allen at full gear 
felt like a match that in like three or four years we're going to be going there's going to be that match again but it'll be for the title on the main event oh yeah totally. totally yeah kind of thing and it feels I, a bit like that on this one for, you know I, I am i am looking forward to the eventual mjf title reign because it's just going to be the tyrant and you're going to have all the brave knights trying to slay the dragon it's going to be amazing yeah if we're talking about that though i'd probably i'd love to have mjf dethrone adam page i think that's what's going to happen and then wardlow chase the title Yes. That would be pretty awesome. Yep, that would be good. I would enjoy that. (laughs) But I guess we need to answer the question that everyone's waiting for. Where is this going on the league table? Well, so we talked about SummerSlam 2002 because this was like that debut after this one. It's nowhere near as good as SummerSlam 2002. That's that's number four of the list. That's definitely not. It's awesome, that's why. Yep. So we haven't got any more other vengeances on the list, I don't think. That's all. <laughs> vengeances. So I don't think it. I don't think it cracks the top twenty. Well, Invasion two thousand and one is at nineteen. Is it worse than that? I'm trying to find like pay-per-views around this kind of time. Yes, because at least there was some consequence to Invasion, whereas yeah, this really didn't it feel... wasn't like, like a one anything. night of them just shitting on WCW consistently. Yeah, yeah exactly. They do take exactly. the occasional shit on WCW, but it's not like a regular thing. It's, yeah. it's not a celebration of crapping on the competition yeah, that you've already basically. purchased. It's yeah, you've already purchased the competition, you could build them up and make it into something worthwhile for people to yeah, get invested. Totally. But no, it's an ego trip. You need to oh. basically ground them in the dust now, 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 now. So by by that logic, then it doesn't meet that. It's yeah, also no, no, it's, that. it's also worse than. Um, I'm kind of dropping down to SummerSlam '99. Mm. Yes, that sounds about right. I'd say it'd be around about that neck of the woods. Yeah. Yeah. We think it's above below that. SummerSlam '99, though. Um, I kind of enjoyed SummerSlam '99 a bit more because I think it feels like a bigger show. So, Great American Bash 1989. Is it better than that? I think it probably is, because I don't remember anything about Great American Bash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be happy there, number 27, yeah. Yep, 27th so best really, pay-per-view of all time. Indeed. Well, that's interesting, because um, if it's SummerSlam 1999 wins uh, the Battle of the Triple Threat matches then, because that had the Triple yes, Threat match does. from Mankind, Stone Cold <laughs> Triple H in the main event. It does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Great>. <clears throat> It was great. So there so you that go. That wins the uh, battle of the, the triple threat main events. So there you go. It does indeed. Fantastic. So that will be indeed. the 27th best pay per view of all time. We. It would have been young Alan's pick this time around. However, given he is not. We've actually not addressed that. Alan's not been here this episode in case you haven't worked it out yet. Can you refer to him by his correct um, PDC approved name of Hot Sauce Jordy Allen, please? Sorry. Hot Sauce Jordy Allen could not make it this evening. Therefore, he has forfeited his right to choose the next show. So, (laughs) what we're going to do is we're going to go. He's going to complain he didn't know it was going to be his turn. Dear Alan, fuck you, turn up once in a while. So as a result, we're like, going to move on. Put, me and you, Ewan, we're putting like all this heat onto Cameron. Because <laughs> yeah, Cameron's going to have to be the one who, he's going to have to literally face Alan and discuss this. Yeah, pretty much. He's not going to work tomorrow though, so I don't care. Well, That's right, just, perfect. Just, just text him job done. It'll be oh. Wednesday before I see Alan in work. So. Oh, there you go. 
So, okay. Cameron, given you were going to be next anyway, where where, you, where are we going to take us next? Where are we going to go? We're not moving the bus too far, guys. Oh, oh dear. We're not going. In fact, oh, we're no. staying in the same arena. Oh, wow. Is this our first three-time arena? Because we've done the Joe Lewis arena twice now. Well, <laughs> it's going to be the three, Pete. Oh, I'm going to add another column to the list with the, with, the, with the arenas. We can find out what's the best in the arena now. <laughs> yep. that, well, yep, I'm going to have yep, to do yep. that, am I? God's it's uh, it's going to be a show featuring The Undertaker. Oh, okay. Right. It's going to be a show featuring Hulk Hogan as well. Okay. Yay. I'm scared. You scared? Yes. Don't know what's going on. I'm reaching the stage now where I keep thinking of shows we can do and I have to think really, really hard. It's eight years we've been doing this now. I have to kind of go, <laughs> have we done this show before? That's terrifying really to think hoping, about. Yeah, terrifying. That's I'm really hoping I'm not going to say this with great fanfare and you're both going to go, we've done it before. All right, go on. What is it? Survivor Series 1991, the infamous steel chair tombstone. I'm oh, pretty sure we haven't done that. I don't I think we've done it. We've, we've talked about it, but we haven't actually done well, it. We briefly touched sure it, we done it Oh my god, the gravest challenge. Yes. What we'll a time I mean, that is. Alan, Alan, that'll soothe Al's pain. He can't it complain. We've done Survivor Series 90, so we're clean. Say, yeah, we did 90. Yeah. I kind of toyed, because originally I thought about doing WrestleMania 18. Ooh, but then I remembered one. that it is literally like going back two months or so from what we're doing tonight. <laughs> So Fair enough. That makes not. sense, yeah. Let's uh, go way back then. <laughs> I, know there's, I know there's always a bit of the temptation to do like WCW stuff we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. ECW stuff I would do, but I'll find ECW stuff a real hard watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought, no, let's let's go at sort of the early 90s WWF kind of style stuff. And yeah, once well, I tell Al, you know, if Al's pissed off that he didn't get to pick, and once I say next one's Survivor Series 91, it's a show that Al knows from memory probably. He won't have to watch yeah. it. He'll be happy. I'm fine to watch this because this show has five matches on it. Yes. That is a win automatically in my book. One of them is a Nasty Boys match which lasts 23 minutes. I apologize in advance. Oh, God, I did not know that. Oh, oh my God, I've just looked at who else is in that match. Jesus Christ. It does feature the greatest tag team. It does. So there you go. And also with another tag. That match is just a complete mishmash. Yes. Jesus. Also, you when did they start doing three on three Survivor Series? I was series? just about to say exactly the same thing. I've just noticed why, why a three on three Survivor Series? Isn't that a trios match or a six man? <laughs> it's very much, yeah, something like With that. elimination rules? I, I don't quite understand, but okay. Survivor Series, Joe Lewis Arena, same place. Right. So that's what we're going to do. Sounds good to me. We're so going to see that neck in. injury that. Hogan blamed for years and years and years. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Wow, what a, what a swerve that was. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, this means we get more Bobby Heenan quotes, surely. Oh, yeah. Oh, probably. That makes me happy. I've just you been reading now, actually, the Joe, the Joe Lewis arena is now no more. Yes, it yeah. was torn down. It's now the Little Caesars arena. Wow, I didn't know that. Yes, because basically it got to the point where it was so decrepit and outdated that they just built a new stadium. Wow. Yeah, probably cheaper just actually demolishing the thing and carrying on again. I think it was because I think it was just to the point where it was so outdated that it was going to be more expensive to try and re- like 
modernize it so they just like, you know yeah. what just build a new one so the weird <laughs> thing is as well like, i kind of want I, I just read in here it sat adjacent to the kobo center and like yes. i really wanted to do that wcw show with the monster truck bell <laughs> oh my so God. i know that al's gonna flip his fucking wig if i show that have we so done that with the monster truck one no. yeah i think on the, roof, on the roof of the arena I think we have. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we have have we done doesn't it? it end with, doesn't it end with Big Show being thrown off the building and he comes out for his yeah. match later and no yeah, one, yeah, no yeah, one yeah. he comes out completely unscathed like half an hour later yeah I'm sure we've done that oh we've done that one I see See, that's yeah. what I mean eight years of doing this and I keep like thinking have we done that one have we done that one yeah, we're not going to do it again we're not doing a two-peat of it come on no let's no. not do that no. you know what it sounds like to me it's almost time for a patented Ewan Taylor um, wild card pick oh well, you know, so let's bring it all into the topical moment. Just going to leave it at that. Well, that's true. Oh, God, can you imagine how detonating I was going to go with Pickering and Warner? <laughs> I'm fine with that. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not on the fucking network. I can just hear it's, it on you- it's on YouTube. Shut up. <laughs> it's easily accessible. It's great. It's fine. Yeah, it's great. It's fun. You get to laugh at people that are like children at this point. Yeah, <laughs> As a sort of standard, really weird observation, you forget how close Detroit is to Canada. Yes. Wow, it's what like two a, hours away. Just what a high energy point to end the podcast on. That's amazing. Yeah, no, a bit of geography. Never did anyone any help. <laughs> always in the geography, that's what I've always said. Apart from Taz, obviously. Well, yeah. <laughs> you maybe didn't even know Canada was that close. I can imagine all nope. the um, all the globes would be written on by the country needs to be that really horrible ECW font of the late 90s. Like Probably, yeah. I designed all the logos. Really, Taz? They're all shit. There's clip art, mate. Come on. Oh, <laughs> they're all the rubbish. Taz was really hard on the stolen copy of Photoshop that he got. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all did it at the time. Well, yeah, of course. Either that, or we had um, was it PaintShop Pro, where you would um, oh god, change the date of the uh, machine to use it for another thirty days. Yes. Ah, the good old days of freeware and shareware. Halcyon Phil knows all the good stuff. Yep. Yep. Pirate Phil on the Seven Seas. <laughs> Yar. He will uh, be soon to be editing this on his uh, legitimate copy of Audition. Totally. 100%. <laughs> of course. Legitimate of course. copy of Adobe Audition. Uh. So I guess this is the last show we'll do before the greatest two-night WrestleMania of all time. <laughs> That's how they're advertising it. Yeah, yeah, is it, is it like a spectacular? This yes. is spectacular. It's definitely not spectacular. No. It's, uh, it's, well, it's, you know, there might be... There might be no, there's not really, I am really, struggling so. to remember a WrestleMania... I have given less of a fuck about. I saw your tweet and I'm just like, that's 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 me like five years ago. Well, just like even in years <laughs> gone by, I've kind of thought to myself, it's mania. Uh, it doesn't look great, but it's mania. Cool, I'll watch it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> is that because but now, it even like... now I'm like kind of going, I don't care about anything, anything on that card. I really don't care. I've, I've, I'm going to put two reasons for that. Number one. In previous years, it was like, you know, three and a half hour show to watch on one night. Not right, two, yeah. three hour shows across, yeah. no, two, four hour shows across two nights. It bloated but out to like a seven hour show to watch in one night about yeah. you know, before they did the two night thing. So it spent a good three years being seven hours plus. But also, like, uh, in years gone by, you'd be like, oh yeah, and I'll have the takeover to watch before the mania. 
Oh, ah, yeah, of course. No longer a takeover. It's just NXT stand and deliver now. Just yeah. NXT stand and deliver. And I looked at the results of NXT the other day, and I could name about one person <laughs> on the entire card. Ellie no. Knight. Uh, there was a, no, well, two. Tell I was Ellie Knight and Dakota Kai. That was the only hey. two I knew. The rest of them are just like plastic, forgetful people that I don't. The rest care. of them are just like ex footballers and basketball players who they want to teach how to wrestle their that's, way. That's the thing yeah. as well that they're having a tryout where no wrestlers are allowed to come to the tryout. They just want athletes. Well, that's all they want to do. They just want to like teach people how to wrestle the way they want them to wrestle, yeah. and not, you know, sorry, I like sports entertain the way they want to sports entertain because they think they say that oh we can train anyone really. I think much, like we're, we're going to go back to like the, the, you know, as far as the women go, I bet we're going to soon go back to like the divas thing where it was just like, oh, look. It's on its way. I mean, look at talk, Toxic Attraction. Let's teach underwear models how to fight. No, please. That's what's going to happen. This is the company that did the women's evolution for three months till it fell out of fashion. Yeah, who did like a female only pay per view like four years ago that they'll never do a sequel to? Nope. Yep. Nope. One and done. Yeah. It's difficult. I mean, I keep my I, I keep my network subscription because I want to watch the old stuff, and I just you know if I want to sit and watch, I want to watch you know Starcade '94, great, mm-hmm. and then I can. But I I don't think I've watched a new WWE pay per view since SummerSlam last year, and even that was fast forwarding the crap bits. I've not watched a whole yeah. one. I think I watched. I feel like I one of the recent pay per views. But I completely forgot what it is, so I can't remember what it. You know, it's completely gone out of my memory. So who knows what it was? That says it all. Just because it's just not. It's just quite sad. I'm just not interested. I'm reading. Um, I read uh, John Moxley's book. It arrived out of nowhere. Uh, end of the end of last month. I have that now. I've, I've got. A, I'm probably going to start that yeah. weekend. I think. And it did make me kind of really nostalgic for that kind of 2014, 15 kind of period where you had the rise of. Um, Daniel Bryan and the Shield cutting about and the the Wyatt family and stuff. Yeah, like it was good. It was like it was good. You know, it was. It was. And it always just seems like, yeah. Like whenever I watch wrestling with the youngest, it's always always with AEW trying to dodge the uh, the odd swear word. Well, yeah. MJF <laughs> talking to you, dropping that f bomb in the middle of that match. Well, yeah, but. Yep. <clears throat> Which is brilliant, my, but that's not the my, point. My investment in AEW is rewarded. Yes. Yeah. Because I yeah, I have di- these these different characters and I can get behind these characters and you know there are matches in there are matches in AEW that I'm watching kind of going, I don't really mind who wins this, but I'm still entertained by it. Yeah. Yeah. By like the main that's event right. of Revolution, I didn't really mind who won. I didn't really mind if Adam Cole had won that title, I'd have been like, ah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean where, dressed as Master Chief, so I got, immediately got a tick for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's just like now it's. But when WWE, I mean, y- your biggest example in recent years is Drew McIntyre. Yep. Two years ago, he won the Rumble, and he goes on and faces Lesnar. He kind of gets robbed out of his babyface pop moment in front of a crowd because of COVID. And like, what did he do last year at Mania? It was him and Bobby Lashley, wasn't it? Yes. I think and so. Now it's going to be him and Baron fucking Corbin. Yep. Happy Corbin, get it right. Sorry, <laughs> Happy Corbin. How 
How did they fuck that up? Because it's WWE. Because yeah, because Drew kept that title through most of that early stage of the that first year of the pandemic. Yeah, during the first year of the Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah, and Thunderdome and all that kind of stuff, and blah 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 blah. Thinking up to Bailey last year, like um, Bailey and Sasha Banks carried that, you know, arguably carried like a lot of those shows when they were the, you know, the the role models yeah. and they had all the belts. And that that Hell in a Cell match. She, she didn't get amazing. anything from the last WrestleMania, did she? She was just off the card completely. She's off the card yeah. completely, and she's probably she's still injured. Yeah, still coming back from the injury, I think. She's still injured. They've got Alexa Bliss doing fuck all. Yep. But they, they they'll find him in a car for fucking Johnny Knoxville and fucking Logan Paul for a second year running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although although right, you you do badmouth the whole Johnny Knoxville thing and it is stupid. But the whole thing with him posting Sami Zayn's phone number across the across the, like the sky of LA is made for some Twitter gold. Oh yeah. Have you, have you seen oh, yeah, this? Yeah, but that's like again, that's like it's a it's a feud played out on Twitter. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I completely understand what you're getting at as brilliant, but yeah. then whenever I see like um, Sami Zayn tweeting, for God's sake, will you just stop it in, in bottle capitals? I laugh for like a good two minutes. Well, yeah, I, the occasional ones are like, I'm in this, I'm in hell. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, but it's, I can't deny that, it's brilliant, gone. but it, you don't want it to be taken up like space on the card where you could be having like a proper match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just, I, I fail to see they've got these people, and you you know that after WrestleMania, there's going to be the annual WrestleMania clear out. Sure. And it's going to be clear you, out. You, Come on. Yeah, but you're looking at names out. They'll find a fucking way. If they got rid of Bray. <laughs> my my old thing at the minute is if they got rid of Bray Wyatt, they'll get rid of anyone. Correct. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Bray had the mind and the character, and was never really given anything like a chance to actually go with that. The minute yeah. that Bray Wyatt gets told to drop the title to Goldberg, then that's just why, why bother? And you'll get like I don't give a fuck about Roman Reigns really at the minute. I don't give a fuck about a board of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, um, yeah, the, the kind of like him coming back and being the kind of cocky cowboy hat wearing dude. They just kind of ran that into the ground in about two weeks, which was a shame. Yeah. Again, because you're producing fifteen hours a week of wrestling shows. Ideas get burnt up in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now the latest thing is, right, let's get people from Raw on NXT because NXT needs all the help it can get. You could like develop your characters that you've got over there already without having to yeah, like parachute exactly. people. But you, you know, this is what they feel they need. And you know, oh, it, it needs to be a legitimate brand. So we need to have the it. Yeah. It, yeah. It was. <laughs> and it provided something of an alternative to the more sort of like, zany story based shite that was going on in Raw and Smackdown yeah. yeah but it's not even that anymore nope and now it's just a sort of weird halfway house yeah and it's just like oh, and again it's all these people like and this if it's anything like last year it'll be like oh you've got like two matches to impress everyone otherwise you're out on your ear yep it's like yep. hit row you know hit row oh, had God, what story. two weeks on Smackdown yep and then they went oh they were on their way to film an advert for the company and they were like oh yeah you're gone yeah. That sounds about right. It was just, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. I can't invest my time in anyone in the WWE right now because they'll probably be gone by next week. Yeah. That's it. That's the thing. And I know people say, oh, AEW is just hiring everyone and anyone. And yeah, there was a period of time where they seemed to be signing everyone, but every single person they sign, 
there's a clear plan of what they want to do. It might not be immediate, but there's always the little yeah. breadcrumbs. You always get something. It's not just, why is this person here? Well, maybe this week they're only just doing this little thing, but then in a few weeks' time, a bigger thing happens, and a bigger thing happens, and, oh, we're coming to a pay-per-view. Yeah. Okay, we've got six weeks. Then it ramps up, and it ramps up to the point you get to the pay-per-view, and you really want to see this match happening because it's been given the time to breathe, and it's been given the time to develop. Yeah, and they can I mean, be, and they're quite good at cycling people in and out of the company. So, like, you know, we've not had Miro on TV since before Christmas. Yep. And you've not missed him because obviously people are coming and fill that gap. And it's not a bad thing. It's just giving him time to rest, recuperate, and he can come back, have like a good kind of six months with a big meaty storyline while somebody else kind of takes up, takes a bit of a background, you know, turn. I mean, I, I've already got a few that's fine. in my head. Miro versus Keith Lee. The Redeemer against Limitless. Yeah. Will that be incredible? I mean, I think the the AW the limitless redeemers team team them up. There you go. Ooh, big beefy boys on the belts. Yeah, I'd take that. The AW signing XWF guys, I would accept as an argument if they were doing what TNA used to do. Yes, signing signing XWE people and then pushing them to the moon and giving them a world title. Yeah, if they'd like, I don't know. I, I feel really bad. Nothing against the guy, but he's the first example I can pick. If they'd have picked, like, signed Mojo Raleigh mm. and then we're sticking him in the main event, like, a month later, then yeah, yeah I know they're just signing yeah. WWE guys just because they're WWE guys. Yeah. They're signing folk. There's this kind of transitional thing at the minute in AEW. And I feel that, I mean, this morning the news broke that Joey Janelle is gone from AEW. Yeah. Right. He's not renewing his contract. Because a lot of the three-year contracts that AEW initially gave out are now expiring. Oh, yeah. Which is wild, okay. because think about it, we're now three years into AEW. What are three years it's been? Exactly, yeah, they've made such big strides in that three years. But I think there was a period of time in initial AEW history where they were signing anyone who's popular in the indies. Yep, of course. And Joey, which is what they would do. You know, that was what they were going to do with the alternative to the WF. They yep. don't want to do what they, or WWE. They don't want to do what they were doing. So you're going to sign people who have this undercurrent of, you know, fandom going on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it ain't going to work on television. Yep, and that's fine. Yeah. And it just doesn't happen. And I mean, I, uh, um, so, you know, Janelle is away. There's a couple of other people like that that they may be signed on the fringes. Um, Brian Cage. He picked up his uh, two-year option. Oh, good. I, I, want to see him throw, I, I just want to see him throw small people around. Like when he suplexed, he got... Oh, well, up in the there's suplex. a tag team. Brian Cage and Warflow. Oh! Just call him Suplex Symphony. Yeah. Oh, would he... Would he Darby end up in the delay suplex and walked up the ring steps and just threw him into the ring. <laughs> yes! Like a so child... Good. Yep, it's so good. It's, I, I mean, we could, we could do an entire show of the sort of rise of AEW and the demise I of WWE. Pretty much that, that, to be that, that, that could be a show we do in the future. But I think there's still more we can delve into because I know WWE can hold up the whole thing of, oh, we, we let Mickey James come in. It's like, yeah, because you probably forgot she was with Impact and you forgot she was their champion. She yeah. wasn't allowed to use the word wrestling in her title, Tron. Yes, that made me They laugh. just said Impact World Champion. It's the yep. you know, it's Impact Wrestling World Champion. They weren't allowed to use that word. 
No, that word's banned. That word, How? That's not, that's I'm really fucking stupid. It's they're a sports entertainment company, Cameron, or not yeah, a wrestling no, company. It's usually this like holier than now attitude that WWE now have about like wrestling's that grimy thing that rednecks do. Yeah, we're an entertainment yeah. company. We do movies. It, it goes back to that whole self mutilation line they came out with a few weeks ago, where it's just like, okay, pull the other one. It's got others on it. Yeah, it's oh, just the Thunder Rosa match, wasn't it? The big, the big yeah. Rosa and Sanction match. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was a, a brilliant match. But the thing is, when AEW use blood, there's a purpose to it. It's not just blood for the sake of blood. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yes. Was there a lot of blood in Revolution? Yes. Was it yes, necessary? It was. Yes. The dog well, collar match. You... Well, yeah, okay. The dog collar match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the the, the Moxley Danielson one. That one just happened because there's two psychopaths just taking shots at each other. So it's well, probably that happened. kind of had to have blood because Moxley had already said on Dynamite well, that he would only team with someone who he bleeds with. Oh, that's it. So it was already built up. So you knew it was going to come. So it's not just blood for the sake of blood. It's actually telling a story. Yeah. And then of course you had your your dad come out and headbutt Moxley and get covered in his blood, which made was quite an interesting visual. There was something of a Rudolph Red Nose Reindeer going on for a while. <laughs> yes. Yeah, are you going to tell him that though? Yeah. Nope, I don't want my no. face slapped off. Because <laughs> not only was it demolition at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Regal, can you pull my slide tonight? Oh, God. <laughs> no, he's got a bad neck. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. He's got, bad, he's got too many bad things, his Regal, Jesus. He's got bad everything, yeah. Bless oh, God. I'll need to listen to that episode now. It's a good one. It's two parts now. He's going to come back again and do another one. So imagine oh, nice. is it on um, Talk of Jericho? Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. I'll have to I'll find it on Stitcher, download it. Yeah, it's just Obviously after think, liking and subscribing our podcast. Well yeah, of course. Of course. I think, <laughs> I, think I mean even just Regal come walking out, you could just tell that he was excited to be there. If even before he got in the ring and did anything, you could just tell that he was well, yeah, thrilled it, to be there. Be because it's it's it seems we just be a lot more freedom to do yeah. your own thing in the AW and just to trust the talent. Yep. And not be micromanaged to hell. Yep. Yeah. If they sign a contract with AEW, they've they they've got over somewhere enough to get a contract. Yes. Or if they can get over, trust them to be able to get over with the TV audience. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. And I think like, that, that, that might not always work, but they need that they can you know give them that chance to try and get them the chance, yeah. That's the contrast thing that would be um Malachi Black would be the ideal example of it. Oh god. Because he was always told in you know in interviews after he signed the fact that apparently WWE in the later stages would just give him these long promos in English, and whilst mm. the guy can obviously speak English, That's his argument was that he thinks in in Dutch. Yeah, yeah. So it's really hard for him to memorize English stuff because he's I, always thinking in Dutch. Just talking about Market Black, I remember right at the start you were talking about. You were looking forward to see what's happening and obviously the face paint evolving over time. That's just another example of paying attention. Yeah. If you're paying attention, paying off, because as his face is becoming more and more black, his group is becoming more and more powerful. I mean, for crying out loud, Brody King, for Christ's sake, the man is a tank. Yeah, Brody King, Buddy Murphy. Buddy, Matthew, Buddy Murphy, whoever uh, next. Currently, Julia Hart next. That would make sense because she did get the she yeah, did she get got, the it's gonna, it's gonna 
So a route from that, apparently. That's her. That makes sense. Being taken over. I mean, they tried it with Penta and it just got Penta Obscure out. So that, that makes sense. Yeah, that was just. I, yeah, it's, I think that translates as Penta with a shovel, doesn't it? I think. <laughs> something like that. It's like Dark Penta, I think, or something it was. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's. I had to Google it and it seems really obvious when you say it, it's obscure. Oh, okay. As in, as in strange. Yeah. That makes perfect it's sense. Penta Obscure. There you go. But that's oh. the thing, you're you're rewarded for not as much I say putting the time and that doesn't make sense because it's not like you have to work with it. It's just Investing watch the TV and let things happen. Yeah. That's what I, mean. I just I just so the upshot of this really long post credit sequence is the fact that it's <laughs> it's I find AEW far, far more rewarding to watch. Agreed. Yeah. And it's also you it's only three hours a week. And like, if you want to watch Dark and Dark Elevation, great. But for most yeah. people, myself included, I'll watch Rampage and I'll watch Dynamite. So it's three, all I have to do is three hours. Yep. And in that three hours, I'm rewarded multiple times. Yeah. Yep. It's just great. And Whereas WWE just seems like a grind. And when it comes to pay per views, it does no second thought. I am, I already know I'm buying it because I know I'm going to get my money's worth. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll slam down 20 quid as soon as it comes on the Fight TV app. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think I paid for Revolution when there was about two matches on the card. I mm-hmm. I think I did the same thing as well, because I trust I'm going to get my the value for my money, because I know yeah. when it comes to those four pay-per-views a year, I know that is where the the the, the big stuff's going to happen. Obviously, they have things like, you know, they have this week on Dynamite for crying out loud was a special show, but they have this sort of like special in between episodes of impact when it sits impact so dynamite yeah. but at the same time it's just an episode of dynamite the clash of champions was on tv wasn't it it's almost like that isn't it where it's like yes. special yeah similar idea yeah or yeah, like similar the idea. house stuff where it's like a, a an expanded show isn't it although i was disappointed when they did the, on the the st patrick's day slam they didn't have a green cage i was that was in the the uh graphic for the kick thing i was like oh they better have a green cage keep the theme going but no didn't do it no that before that before Wardlow. That before Wardlow. Yeah, we've been all over the place this episode. <laughs> we've been doing a lot of modern stuff as well. Al would have flipped his wig. Because there's no Al to go, right, we're finishing now. All right, come on. No, no, I'll go, come on, we've been in half an hour, we've done one match. We've got to go with the pizza. I reckon Al, when he leaves the pub, is going to order some form of kebab and chips with a can of Fanta. Okay. Well, that's please right. check. Please check and see if I've uh, my connection. My connection to Al is still there. A, a kebab and chips. Yeah, and a can of Fanta. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if Fanta is a kebab drink. Yeah, but it's it's it's, it's an Al drink though, isn't it? I've that's the thing. Never, well, yeah. I've never had a kebab in my life to know. Really? Oh, okay. Nope, never had a kebab. Oh. Um, also, you're talking to Alan, who is a man who will eat tin steak <laughs> that's so, quite grim all bets are off all I'm bets are off wow on that bombshell yes. on that bombshell we probably better hot go. sauce tin steak Jordy Allen tin steak Jordy Allen <laughs> tin steak Jordy Allen <laughs> that works well doesn't it Jesus yeah. Ten, ten Stakes is, is a new title there when ten he gets signed to the, the big company. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's when he, he comes up to Raw. He's become Tin Stick. <laughs> comes out like maximum <laughs> covered in silver. 
He just comes out dressed as a kind of spam. <laughs> oh, oh, God. All jellyfied and oozing. No, okay, no, oh, stop. I that we're finishing now. God's sake. Goodbye. <laughs> ruined, ruined it. Ruined it. So t-shirt update. They don't do the t-shirt. Okay, right. They do two versions oh. of the t-shirt. <laughs> oh my there's, god! There's a plain yes. one what? called MGF meet and greet, which is just a photo, and there's another one. Yeah. And there's another one called MGF meet and greet brackets blood variant, which has got the blood handprint on it and all sorts. Jillian's lately hadn't he washed? <laughs>